Wrestling is Hard. It's the show where we watch lots of wrestling and try to find the stuff we think is worth watching. First up is the man responsible for AEW and SmackDown. Brandon, how are you? Wrestling is hard, Jim. Really feeling that. <laughs> it, it can be a bit tough. <laughs> Next is the man assigned the task of NXT and Raw. Chris, how are you? <laughs> Get excited. <laughs> and I'm Jim, and I'm going to talk about as many Japanese promotions as I can handle in a week. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Hard Number Four Wrestling. Subscribe, follow, tell your friends. Guys, did you guys realize it's our 25th episode today? Whoa, anniversary show! Yeah, Slam anniversary. We're, we're one week, uh, one more episode, and we've done, been doing it for six months. That's half a year. I know. It's a lifetime. We should, we should figure out all of the talent that was fired by WWE and then have them on. Yes. You know, like, I can't like, wait to have Matt like, Cardona like on. Yeah, Matt Cardona and uh, somebody else. I, uh, Sherry? Yes. Yes. I just want to say thank you to everyone who stuck around since episode one. We've gone through some uh, turbulent times when it comes to recording quality. I think we've got it all figured out at this point. Also, uh, this is an evolving, evolving art form. that we're, We'll call it an art form that we do every week. We're getting better at it, I think, and thank you very much for listening. Especially those people who have been there since day one. Like, how'd yeah. you do it? <laughs> thank yeah, you. how'd you listen to us? And we were, like, right reading matches off move by move chronologically. <laughs> was I was reading off of papers. Yes, yes, actual <laughs> physical papers. Yeah. Analog notes. I don't know why, like, looking back on it, I don't know why that I thought that that was my responsibility as, as a podcaster to be like, they're going to look to me to find out what the sequence of moves have were in this Britt Baker match. I've got to write down hip toss into yeah. Michinoku. <laughs> yeah. Really all it is is so they can listen to us talk shit and bag on shit while they're driving their car. Yeah, so they can laugh. Right. That's all about bringing we're, we're laughter. We're slowly realizing that. Yes. It's bringing yeah. joy to the people. All right, do you we're want to get started? Some... Let's do it. Okay. Here we go. All right, so uh, nothing worth talking about on SmackDown, correct, Brandon? Now they're building dissent within the uh, Uso Reigns family, so some of that coming up didn't really bleed into the pay-per-view too much, though. They had a couple segments, but nothing else of note. Good, let's move on. So last Sunday, this past Sunday, was WrestleMania Backlash. The Backlash from WrestleMania. So basically it's a lot of the same matches. So we're going to, do you want to just go through the card, or um, how do you want to do go this? Through the, well, I mean, if you want to just name matches, because I'll be honest with you, I, I, I have like two lines of notes. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's really, you know, and by that you should be able to judge on what my opinion of this of this uh, show was. Go but ahead. Yeah, just go ahead. Why don't we, I, would, we'll I actually would say let's not do the, go through the card. Uh, I want to say up front that we acknowledged last week that they were completely punting on this as an event mm -hmm. we were even trying to figure out if one title would change because we thought nothing would change right one title did did change um does anybody have any any matches of note that they had anything interesting to say <laughs> about because let's check my notes was... um go ahead chris i mean one title did change and uh something else did happen i think it's worth well noting. that's the okay we'll, we'll, we'll save that for last 
Let's talk about the positives, though. That's one thing I want to do is talk about the positives. All right. Uh, let me bring some stuff up and see what you guys think. How about that? Go for it. Yeah. So the women's triple threat was very good. Chris, this is your show. Uh, yeah. No, I mean, it was. Um, but, you know, good match. Um, Charlotte, you know, I mean, uh, Rhea Ripley. Everybody looked really strong in this match. Um, but you know, once again, it's triple threats and it's uh, pretty much the same match just about every time, you know, two people fight while one person strategically hides, but they never quite use that to their advantage. So, uh, I mean, you know, uh, always good to see Oscar in the ring. I like all three of these performers and it was entertaining to watch, but I think we knew what was going to happen. I don't think at any point I thought that title was going to change hands. No, we had a, we had a sequence of, uh, we had a flow chart of what would happen if other things yes. happened pretty much. Oh, wait. No, I, you know, I, I did remember. I, the one thing about it that I did stand out is that the ending was very anticlimactic. Yeah. But other, other than it was just like, boom, boom, boom. Oh, it's over. Charlotte's grumbling outside the ring and talking to herself like a crazy person. I do think Charlotte looked great in this. I loved her Corella DeVille gear. It was awesome. Uh, Brandon, thoughts? Yeah, this actually was the lone moment of excitement for me. I mean, I totally hear you, Chris, that you probably didn't think it was going to change hands. But this referencing the flow chart was the if X happens, then Y will happen. If if the other thing happens, then Z happens. So I was curious, like, hey, is this going to be Charlotte Flair's? Um, if not, we're, we know what's going on with the dirty dogs. Right. So I was I was interested in this. But, I, yeah, it was a pretty good match. But. It was a good open, pr- for pr- sure. Pretty chalk, yeah. Um, okay, uh, let's see what else I have. Positives. Uh, Bailey. Bailey was friggin' awesome in her match. The match was She's fine. Cheat. She's a cheater. Yeah, it was it was a non-event, and uh, I, I wrote down non-event. Bailey tried to cheat, and it didn't work, uh, but they got put in an awful spot following the Bizarro file there, so uh, nothing wrong with it, but I didn't find anything of that. It wasn't very memorable. Her her gear and hair are amazing. Chris, thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think Bailey does a great job every time she's on TV. The match was okay. It was whatever it was. It really wasn't all that exciting. Um, I, I mean, I've said this before. I'm not a big fan of Bianca Belair in this babyface role, but I don't think anybody's – I'm not a fan of anybody in that babyface role where it's basically, you know, I'm – doing heel shit but i'm a baby face because people like me because i'm you're being told i'm a good guy so i'm a good guy i mean she basically like you know she cheats to win the match and I'm, you know and they frame yeah. it out that way she's it's not like oh that's just oh you know is it a rule can she do that no they they tell that story she comes out and she says look at the tape she cheated so that's what we're all supposed to believe that she cheated and then she goes off Kind of doing that thing that all the heel, all the baby faces do in WWE. Rhea Ripley did it when she won, where they do that like nah 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 I beat you thing. It's very strange, and I'm not a huge fan of it. Um, I like my my baby faces, baby faces, and my heels, heels. You know, I mean, you can hug that middle line, but when you do Weasley stuff like nah I won, it's you're it's you're not <laughs> hugging that line anymore. You're just being a heel. Brandon, good. She's interesting to me because it's a fresh face and there's times during her matches and, and large spots in her career where you can see her get emotionally, I don't know, invested, overwhelmed, and she's into it. 
because she's into it and it's something new, I'm into it. It's not the same shit again. Uh, but I, yeah, it's, this isn't like some great character development by any means. This is the WWE mold for baby faces, though. It's the John Cena mold. They're an asshole. We have to be. We can fight against it as much as we want. This no, is the product we are getting, and it's either we accept it or reject it. <laughs> yes, I'm rejecting. Yes. But uh, you know, it's once again like you say those things. Like every time you bring up like, like all right, so like even what you said, um, it's the John Cena, uh, you know, the John Cena character, which was kind of like he was a dick. But look at, you have a guy like. And even The Rock, right? But look at who you're talking about was able to pull this off. Chris, you get an email? No, actually, I got a. I I forgot. I didn't hit the moon on my phone. I got the moon? a. The moon. The moon. The moon. The silent button. Oh, the there's moon. A, there's a moon. I thought yeah, you the said moon. the the moon. And button. I, here, I'll tell you exactly what it was. I got I got a message, a Facebook message. Oh God, here we go. From somebody who I won't say who it is because okay. it doesn't the blue, matter. The blue meanie. If, no, you guys, no, no. if you guys can't see says, what Chris is doing, he reads his phone like an old man. He's kind of holding on a weird hold angle. It like this. No, you're holding it on a strange <laughs> I angle. So, I have it on a strange angle because I have your outline in front of me because He's my doing brain the is fucking mush and I forget what I'm doing. <laughs> I'm and sorry, it I'm says, sorry. I'm not... it's, it's two uh, emoji faces of like surprise. And and this is definitely not from somebody who's watching YouTube videos. He's an older person. And it says, I think you appear in this video. Watch it. I'm really impressed. Link C video. I think he may have been hacked. Oh, no. Yeah, so we're going to hit the moon and shut that down and Take screen grab on accident. Because I think <laughs> that's <laughs> a Do not have opposable thumbs. You just proved everything. I don't have opposable thumbs, Jim. Too we funny. know this. Too funny. Oh, yeah, I am. I am. I am very. For being a man that wears dumb glasses and has a really stupid haircut, I, 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 I act like I'm fucking seventy six. I don't know what's going on here. Where, where <laughs> Men, were we? Where were we? Where were we? We're just oh, talking about the good. You know, look, oh, the good. this way, I just put um, my spine on my chair. How about um, the triple threat between Bobby Lashley, Drew McIntyre, and Braun Strowman? Now, stop me. <laughs> those three names, well, two of those three names uh, may not excite you. Uh, hear me out before you stop me. It was a train wreck. The exploding, uh, Bobby Lashley gets thrown into the screen and it explodes. I found this match to be kind of fun. Even though the people in it are just like, do we have to watch these people keep wrestling? Because they're going to keep going, coming out of this as well. Chris. I agree. I, I, I didn't hate it. It was a bit of a train wreck, like you said. But I I wasn't groaning watching it, which is a massive step in the right direction for any match in, in, in the main event for you know a Raw title. Especially um, with Braun Strowman. Braun Strowman is kind of like the grown guy of WWE right now. And it's, but this was actually a lot of fun. They were just throwing each other into each other, and it was kind of like it was a mess, and it was fun. So can I can I just put this out there? I think I had this realization. Braun Strowman, we all agree, we'll agree that he's the grown guy. But 
have you ever watched a giant and not groaned? No, no, no. I mean, I'm not, I'm not the type of person, except for Andre. That, listen, that's what I'm saying, right? And Andre the Giant, don't count him. He's been gone for a hundred years, so right. let's forget about him. Um, I've never been a giant guy. Yeah, I'm not. So, I'm not. I'm not, over, know, I'm not like in awe of giant people. Right. So, but I'll give you credit. I mean, I'll give Joe Braun Strowman credit where credits due for being the giant. He's extremely athletic, uh, and he's not boring. No. And I'm wondering if me, I mean, I know it's, it's some of them. I'm not taking all this blame on my, you know, all this responsibility myself. But I think a lot of me groaning is the fact that I just don't like giants. Yeah. But for being the giant that they have right now, perfectly serviceable as mm. a giant. Brandon, thoughts? We just lost the uh... – Four people that listen to this podcast because they're almost fans and they thought we were too. <laughs> you guys aren't almost guys. Omos guys. Omos, yeah, I oh, love. Oh Omos. wait, Omos. He's yeah. I forgot about Omos. No, Omos is fun, but he doesn't do anything. They're shit. <laughs> I'm not anti-giant. I'm just the. This was just when there's three of them. There's almost no interesting things that can happen. Right. Uh, as soon as they started the promo video that this was the next match, uh, I think mentally I set a ceiling of about a six out of ten on this match, and I, it pressed up against that that rating. So good for what it would be, but I I wouldn't dare tell someone to go check it out. No, absolutely. I would, not. Like no, like Chris said, movement in the right direction. So I'll take that. And the, and well, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> I will say that the we'll talk about Thor and Raw. We'll talk about that comment when I, when we talk about Raw. Uh, Cesaro and Roman Reigns was fun, but we knew that the out, what the outcome was going to be. This is more about building to um, to a Reigns family dysfunction, and then Seth Rollins and Cesaro are still fighting over the swing coming out of it. That weird beatdown at the end. I, I was kind of lost by where what Seth Rollins' angle was there at the end. I don't. It was he's like still he's mad pro- about the swing. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess it's just as simple as that. He doesn't care what's going on with Roman Reigns. No, oh, he's mad he about the swing. Some action about the swing. Oh man. So that was another one too, where I was just like, I, this is the I don't know tenth, fifteenth time we've seen Cesaro have a good match, and then. Nothing comes of it, so for it being that, I'm not even really interested in watching that. So, I, I got to give you credit, Brandon. You were like very excited that of the possibility. Well, it wasn't really a possibility. The thought of how energizing it would be if Cesaro won, and I think that you bought in for a second that he might have won this match. I, yeah, I continue to buy into the fact that, like, this kind of dead air season in the the WWE cycle. Like, would it kill you to between one of these pay-per-views that happen every three weeks to just, like, swap a title once? And then you could go ahead and, and create a little bit of drama off of something instead of just having these, like, multi-year reigns across the promotions where it's Brock Lesnar from 2016 to 2019 and Roman Reigns from 2020 to 2020. Who knows what, but... Yeah, I'm, I'm. Since I watch this every week, I'm gonna. I'm not gonna lose that little light at the end of the tunnel and hope that they do something interesting. <laughs> Makes you keep wanting to watch. Chris, thoughts on that match? You gotta bow leave. 
Yeah, yeah. Now, I mean, we knew what was going to happen. That's it. That's and, the big problem with it. it. We knew what was going to happen. We talked about what was going to happen. And it did. And it then happened. everything happened. And, and, and we're not geniuses. Uh, it's just predictable. Yeah. That's the biggest problem with this show or these shows. They're terribly predictable. Anything else to talk about with this pay-per-view? Because I may surprise you because I kind of liked it. <laughs> really? I did. I found it. I found it kind of entertaining. If you take the concept of the storylines don't matter, and this was just a bunch of matches thrown together, including the Ricochet in the pre-show, the Ricochet versus Sheamus one was pretty fun. Um, Didn't Ricochet knock Sheamus out with his hat? Yes. He threw a hat at Sheamus, and Sheamus died. <laughs> and they had a rematch. So, uh, yeah, and then they had a rematch the next day because, you know. Who was your best match? Uh, I'll start with Brandon. Best match. Probably the first one, the Raw Women's Triple Threat. Chris? So, you know, I'm going to say as far as storytelling-wise goes, I would say, because I'm going to surprise you here. As far as actually having a story, I'm going to go with Rey Mysterio and, and his son versus the Dirty Dolls. Oh, so you enjoyed that match. <laughs> well, I mean, it actually told a story. Yeah. They tried. Um, but, you know, I think we're going to get into what the best match of the night was. Oh, Jesus. We didn't even talk opinion. about that, did we? No, oh, let's go through no. all this, and then we'll talk about the best match. Yeah, yeah. The actual that best was match. My, that was the best match. I totally well, the, only positive, the only positive I'll say about that match is at some point from someone that half watches SmackDown every week, these – Bobby Roode and Dolph Ziggler became the Dirty Dogs. They just named but themselves. I you know. didn't really know why they were Dirty Dogs. And then finally, at WWE WrestleMania Backlash, they answered the question, WWDDD, what would Dirty Dogs do? <laughs> and they smoked Dominic Mysterio before the match. Yeah, I was like, did. okay, that's what yeah. a Dirty Dog would do. <laughs> that's all we've been wondering. <laughs> why are you called the Dirty Dogs? Why are you a Dirty Dog? And Rey Mysterio did that sliding out of the ring into a sunset flip thing that he does that I love. Yeah. You know, so I mean, I, you know, it, it was, it was, it was, it actually had a story to it. And, and, and it's a thing where I know, w, you know, WWE, you, they give you a recap of everything. So you don't go in blind. Right. You know, listeners who've listened for a few weeks know that I don't watch Robert Smackdown at all. So, um, but this one actually, the storyline happened on the show. Right. They beat him up at the beginning of the show. He was missing. He came back. Big, big uh, celebration at the end. But my best match is definitely the women's triple threat. I thought that was the best one. Best talent in the ring. A lot of fun. Uh, I didn't like the nananas at the end. It was kind of silly. I did like Charlotte's face. Like, <laughs> I like her going yes. insane. Yeah, she's slowly but surely turning into. Maybe she's turning into like, you know, I'm the president of the United States. No, WCW, Ric Flair. <laughs> like maybe United she's States turning into. Ah, I'm the president of the United States. WCW, I hate WCW. Woo, 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 woo. That's woo. the Flair I want her to <laughs> turn into. Like, I don't want her to be. Into. I don't want her to be 70s and 80s Flair. I want no, her to be psychopath. I want her to be Edge and Lita sex show where he comes down like woo. We get a we get a reference to that at least once a month, Chris. I know that your favorite. Don't, don't gas yourself in the first round, Chris. We got some. <laughs> it's kicking in, guys. I'm doing good. <laughs> All right, best performer, go ahead, Brandon. Uh, best perform best performer. I'm going to give it to Roman Reigns for after six months finally getting a clean win here. 
and having a pretty good match. Chris, go ahead. Um, I'll give it to Charlotte Flair and her performance after defeat and losing her mind and eventually turning into it's the Edge and Lita sex show. Woo-hoo, woo, 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 Just to be different, and both of these women were both at the top of my list for best performer. I got to go with Bailey. That woman is entertaining every single time she's on television. Can I can I rescind my choice and also create a little bit of a segue here? Yeah, good. Using the the term performer a little bit differently than you guys probably have. The best performer is the Miz engaging in a zombie lumberjack match. Stop! You're ruining it. Uh, I wanted to get to that. Uh, that's yeah, that's what we're doing. That's what. That's let's what just do. We didn't do overall no, no, grade no, no, yet. Okay, let's talk uh, about it. As as a parlay into Dave Batista's movie Army of the Dead, that's <laughs> talk about a performer. He's he's putting it all out there for for the WWE Cinema Universe. All right, let's just talk about it then. <laughs> so, in probably the greatest professional wrestling match in the history of the universe, a advertised lumberjack match. Which no one's, if you listen to this podcast, no one's excited about lumberjack matches, especially me. I think it's the worst format for a match. Fucking terrible. Dave Batista teases on Twitter because he's promoting Army of the Dead, available on Netflix. And he says, some of my friends are going to be showing up. And what do you know? The lumberjacks are freaking zombies. Freaking zombies. Freaking zombies. Chris. It's your show. Go ahead. I'll let you start. Okay, so, Go ahead. Okay, zombie match. Yeah, so I turn on I'm, – I'm watching the uh, pay-per-view. I turned it on. I was a little bit late in turning it on. So it was about maybe a minute or two into the triple threat. Uh, then they start talking. The announcers are talking after this triple threat match. And I noticed that there were monsters on the Thunderdome. And I was like, all right, what? Is, this is something. And then they talked about Batista said he was going to be – they showed the tweet where he said he was going to be bringing his friends or sending some of his friends over. And I was like, there's going to be zombies. I, I was like, there's, there's zombies because they showed the commercial for it first. And then they showed the tweet. And I was like, there's going to be zombies. And then John Morrison opened the door to the Lumberjacks, and there were zombies in there. And I was like, oh, <laughs> The door no. to the Lumberjacks is amazing. Yeah, well, first of all, I'm putting in my notes, all the Lumberjacks have a locker room called Lumberjacks Locker Room. <laughs> like, I was the first thing. And then I was like – and I, he opened the door, and I was like, wait a minute. I, this, I'm not even typing this. Who gives a shit about this? There's fucking zombies on this show. <laughs> Um, and like you said, it was a lumberjack match. That wasn't a fucking lumberjack match. That was a fucking 10 minute commercial for a movie. There was nothing else going on other than that. Anything that Damian Priest could have possibly have built coming out of this is fucking dead. (laughs) I mean, first they saddle him with this, uh, this goofy, you know, once again, we were talking about it before him and fucking, um, Bad Bunny have the best match in WrestleMania? I mean, it's safe to say that you could call that the best match of the two nights of WrestleMania. Certainly the most entertaining. Top three, for sure, yeah. Okay, certainly the most, like, it actually surprised you and was entertaining. They should have fucking ended it right there. That was the end. They proceed to keep it going. 
And then this is how they continue it. Now, I don't mind it. I thought this was fucking hilarious. I laughed my ass off on it. But as far as it furthering the, the product in any, any way, shape, or form as, as a fan, like, what was the point other than this was a 10-minute commercial in the middle of a fucking pay-per-view? Brandon Good. Yeah, I probably have a distorted perspective compared to most wrestling reviewers, podcasts, whatever, fans. Um, One, I'm looking for a good story or or something that that actually sucks me in and makes you want to check it out the next week. I haven't haven't really stumbled upon that very often. So if it's not going to be that, give me something that I've never seen before. This at least fell into that second bucket where I was like, holy shit, I... They got zombies out there eating the Miz, about to eat the Miz alive. And it, the Miz is funny enough and doesn't give a shit to the point where I actually could see them doing the thing where Miz and Morrison are like zombies for a couple weeks at least and continue this thing. So, well, know. they're not because John Morrison fucking wrestled the Monday night. All right. Oh. So they, they, whatever they fucking, whatever they could have fucking scrounged from this. All the people. I mean, they did this. All Dude, the people that were listening to the uh, Walking Dead episode, they just got spoiled the next episode. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> it was the same thing. Like, they had the opportunity. Like, AJ Styles should last last year, AJ Styles should have disappeared for a couple weeks and come back covered in fucking dirt. <laughs> right? Like, he just they found blew. his way, yeah. Like, I just got myself out of that hole. Fucking last night, you should we shouldn't have had we shouldn't have had these two dudes, um, Miz and Morrison, on at all for a couple weeks and haven't come back as zombies. And then the whole time, um, Corey Graves is making Night of the Living Dead references. Now, you know, unless you're in, if you're of a certain age, unless you're in the zombie movies, you've never fucking seen that movie. You know what I mean? Uh, so I was just like, dude, he's talking to people. A lot of the people that are watching the show don't know what the fuck he's talking about. Except for the like one out of ten people that are like, they're that uh, uh, what's his name, Leo DiCaprio meme. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly. The once upon a time in Hollywood one. Yeah, I yeah. um, I'm on Brandon's boat. I fucking love this. I thought it was so, so ridiculous. Oh, I, I thought like was, I said, didn't ha- didn't hate it. Yeah, I I yeah, thought I it was it. absolutely I ridiculous. I love that um, they all died by zombies. But like you said, I was hoping for they just came back normal. <laughs> I don't want them to. I mean, if it was Lucha Underground, they'd be zombies for a couple of weeks. They'd have to exercise the zombieism. <laughs> you know they could have I mean? done that though. They that could was... have. Why not? Like you said before, why not have Cesaro win? Nobody gives a shit about wrestling right now. Like, why no. not just have a zombie storyline? You've got this Yo. stupid Alexa Bliss thing going on. Like what? I am if not. You... I am not. I am not one of these people that's going to go. Oh, it was stupid. I'm not a Brian Alvarez and melts it. And go. It was the worst match in the matches of all matches, and you're just like, come on, man. You guys hate fun. Oh, 100. Is that what they like said? I, said, I, I said fucking it. they hated. This. It. I laughed. Like, look, I'm just saying. <laughs> that's so what different. I'm saying when I call it, I'm calling it what it is. It was a fucking commercial for Army of the Dead. Yeah, that's what it was. That didn't mean I didn't fucking enjoy it. No, it was I great. fucking laughed my ass off. Hey, man, I laughed. But... At, I laughed at Where's the Beef when I first saw that. Nobody will get that reference. <laughs> I do. <laughs> what? Let me ask you this. What, Jim? If, if I, if you, both of you guys, if you guys weren't watching wrestling right now, and I said, dude, you got to watch Raw. 
The Miz and John Morrison are fucking zombies, and they're trying to eat people. Would you watch the next leak? Brandon, I, I know the answer to this, but go right ahead. Of course, yeah. This is like the stuff that I'm looking for. I, I When I'm watching WWE, I'm not looking for a five-star match. I'm, I'm looking for something insane to happen at this point. I've given up on on some dramatic storyline that's going to have me texting all my friends. If the Miz starts trying to eat Matt Riddle alive in the middle of a match because he, he, he got a shot two weeks ago from, uh, I don't know, pick X old wrestler, and it's, it still hasn't really, his vaccine still hasn't really kicked in yet, or make something up. I don't know. I, I would at least, be, at least be like, yo, you should check this YouTube video out three minutes. Yeah, I would have people talking about it. All of a sudden, they're yeah. like, uh, you know, people would shit all over it, but you'd get plenty of views. I'm curious what the YouTube, like, views are on something like that that the recap of it i'll have to check into it and see how easy would that have been a no-brainer storyline that i'm just thinking of as we're talking to be like someone came came in at raw and gave them like a a zombie vaccine and then it it, it, it's it's like working but then they you play on the fact that it's only a certain person johnson johnson is only 70 percent effective and all of a sudden a month from now it the mid starts getting some some weird zombie side oh my god oh my god they could have used the same doctor that was the one that diagnosed cowboy bob orton's arm is being broken for like five years yeah oh my god same fucking oh my god oh my god oh my god so they have the zombie vaccine there's only one man in WWE that would deny, go around and say, the vaccine doesn't work. Save the children. The vaccine oh, wouldn't would work. No. <laughs> and then he is fucking patient zero. He gets the zombification, and he passes it along. Drake works. There's no other person. It would have been perfect. Well, I noticed something on NXT this week. but Yeah, I noticed too. He wasn't there. <laughs> no, he wasn't. So. <laughs> I don't know. I really liked it. Yeah, so, so did I. Yeah. Overall great. Yeah. Go fuck yourself. Yeah. Overall great. Go ahead, Brandon. Uh, I give it a a overall grade of four zombie lumberjacks out of nine. I think we're out there. Chris, go ahead. Meh. I'm gonna meh. give it a meh. Yeah. I'll give it a um. Drake works. QAnon saved. The, he saved seventy-two children out of a hundred. I like this pay-per-view. Oh, wow. All right. I'm alone on this island. This island of zombies. Island of the dead. Yes. All right, let's move on. Uh, Chris, Raw. Yeah. Talk um, about some positives. Do we have any positives? If we don't have I, positives, then no. <laughs> no. No. I actually There's watched nothing. some of this. Yeah, I, I, it's one, I have the same uh, recap as I did last week with Raw. Nothing happened. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, um, I will, I will say one thing. So, uh, last week we talked, um, about Alexa bliss. Uh, she's apparently gunning for one of the, uh, women in the, a particular woman in the women's division. They haven't announced who, and I was kind of trying to figure out who it would be. And then I kind of thought, you know what? The one that she had the longest relationship, who's not a champion, Nia Jax, uh, they just happened to drop the belt, uh, two weeks ago. They dropped the titles, and uh, last night on Raw. Wait, uh, wait, wait, wait. Re- Who's the champ now? Champions are Tamina and oh, right, uh, right, right, Natty. Right. Okay, yeah, Sorry Natty and Tamina. Yeah. So they dropped the belts, and then uh, Alexa Bliss burned Reginald last night during a tag team championship match, a rematch. 
So he got his face lit on fire. So I think that may be who she's going after. How did I miss this? Well, he was standing in the car. I'll tell you what happened. So he was, they were having a match. She popped out, uh, Alexa Bliss popped up on the, uh, on the, on the top of the ramp with that goofy doll. Um, Reginald was standing on the apron in the corner and then flames like, you know, where the cane flames would shoot out of, Mm -hmm. they shot out of him. He went flying off the, uh, flying off the, um, (laughs) apron and onto the ground. And then that was it. They, they lost, uh, the Naya and Shayna Baszler. Um, so yeah, not that great. Um, that's all I got to say about that. I, uh, I I was watching, um, a little bit last night popped in uh, here and there and, um, First thing that comes in is, you know, open show opens with Bobby Lashley and he's doing this whole promo about how he's going to do an open challenge and that fucking Scottish dickhead is the first person to walk out and I was just like, You son of a bitch. We're just gonna do this again. But they switched it up a but little they didn't. bit. No, they didn't, of course. <laughs> but we did get a fresh match. We did get well not really fresh, but we got a fresher well, match for the last yeah, was, four yeah. months. We got a Kofi Kingston, yeah, Kofi Kingston versus Bobby Lashley, yeah. good. Yeah, so Kofi Kingston gets the win, actually, over Bobby Lashley. Of course, it's a non-title match, so you know. <laughs> whatever they throw that word out there, it's like, map. I know who's winning. It's a non-title match. Kofi gets the win, but he gets the win after every baby face that's out there cheats. Yeah. Right? Uh, Xavier Woods jumps up on the apron. He distracts the ref while... Uh, Drew McIntyre cracks Bobby Lashley with MVP's cane. Kofi Kingston gets the win. So once again, um, you know, it's it's now going to be two two pay-per-views after WrestleMania is Hell in a Cell. And we're still going with the feud that we've been going with forever with Lash, Lashley and McIntyre. Good times. Yeah. Brandon, thoughts? Probably on the Mount Rushmore of things I'm tired of in rest pro wrestling, it's the non-title match where someone's fighting the champion, and you're, it, that's immediately pulls me right out of any any interest in what's going to happen because it's going to go one of one ways. <laughs> Otherwise, it would have been a title match. Right. So, like, also, it's like you know, someone signed like in an imaginary world of professional wrestling, you're offered a match with the champ, and they go and you go, oh fuck yeah, I'm going to take this match. Oh, it's not for the title. You go, why the fuck am I doing it? Am I getting paid more? Right? Like, it makes no sense. The non-title <laughs> match is the dumbest thing yeah, in the world. Yeah, I mean, there's no guarantee that you suddenly get a match. There's no no written contract anywhere. The WWE rules don't state that you automatically get a match if you pin them. Yeah, and if you're Kofi Kingston and somehow you've, you've concocted a way in your mind that you think can defeat Bobby Lashley, whether it involves cheating or not, you're going to go and, and blow all of that on this non, non-title non chance just for then when it counts, you're out of ideas? Like, what the fuck's the point? Yeah, I agree. Or, I don't want to share Yeah, or, 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 or you go, uh, you know, we're going to send you into this into this into into the ring with this guy who's essentially like a fucking serial killer. He's so tough. <laughs> and if you win, you don't get shit. Like, we're going to send you into this ring, ring with a fucking monster. And if you win, good for you. Yay, won. Yeah, I don't get it. You know? But, I mean, it's so, one of those WWE tropes that have been around forever now. So let's do this. We'll, we'll, we'll the the, the, uh, the um, Mount Rushmore of things that 
we don't want to see in WWE. Now, the first face we'll carve into Mount Rushmore is a one of those circles with a line through it with a championship title. That's the non-title belt. <laughs> no smoking second, sign. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no smoking with a little belt. And then the second thing we'll put in there is Drew McIntyre's face. Because, yeah. I, I mean, like, come on, dude. Jesus. You know, he had such a good story. He had such a good story, you know, a year ago. I'll put him with Jinder Mahal. They can bring back Heath Slater, 3MB, all over again. What is Heath Slater's name and impact? Is he Heath Slater? It's Heath. Sl- it's Heath. Oh, Heath. Yeah. Like the like the candy bar. Like the candy bar. <laughs> Heath bar. I might put a, the super kick in there. Nice. Anything else about Raw? We no. Got, we got, got, oh yeah, Oscar won. Non-title yeah. match? Yes. Non-title no, it was against, no, it was against Charlotte. Charlotte. With Rhea Repley making dickhead faces at ringside the whole time. Mm-hmm. I watched this thing and I was texting you guys just because Asuka just looked secondary in this entire match until she won. Yeah, but she's still secondary. Yeah, she was completely secondary in the feud. Right. She's just there. They They didn't focus on her. There's no character building in her facial expressions or anything. It's just like, you know. Yeah, you're just gonna you're gonna you're gonna get the win, but it really not means anything. It's further in this other storyline. Yeah. Brandon, questions about Raw? <laughs> Why do we still watch? That that's my only question, but I think we know the answer to that, so we can move on. Yeah, we'll address it at the end. By the way, we got questions. Okay. All right, uh, Chris, I'm gonna go to you. Yeah. Go for it. R.I.P. New Jack. I don't care. Brennan, R.I.P. New Jack. What did New Jack mean to you, Brendan? What did What did New Jack mean to me? Yes, I'm sorry. This is a deep question. Um, New New Jack meant to me the limit between a character and someone that has lost the fucking plot, as Gordon Ramsay would say. I think at some point he was a character, and then it's a He's an expose in losing the fucking plot. Living the gimmick. We're about to talk about one of those guys in a minute. I um, Yeah, I was never a fan of this guy. I don't... I, you go watch his Dark Side of the Ring, and if you think he's cool after that, then we probably shouldn't know each other. Yeah. R.I.P., though. Rest in peace there, New Jack. You, almost ki- you, killed, you, almost, you killed... You did kill a guy in the ring. That's Did cool. He? And he shoved that dude off the friggin' because he was pissed off. He shoved that guy off the uh, scaffolding. Yeah, it's pretty bad. He attacked, um, what's his name? Um, Gypsy Joe, because Gypsy Joe wasn't selling his moves. That's a piece of shit. Fuck this guy. Yeah, he started though, busting him over the head with a bat. I was yeah. very surprised by the online reaction to this. I don't know if it's just because it's the moment after somebody died, but it for is. some reason, some reason you can like almost commit murders, borderline commit murders, and it's like... But at the moment of your passing, it's like, oh, controversial guy. Like, not really. No, he just is sucked. Fucking no, they're, yeah, like that's what I, they, they'll say things like controversial guy. No, he's not controversial. Yeah. But he's, he's just, just shit. There's no controversial. And might I add, he wasn't that great a fucking wrestler. But Chris, he was a great promo, though. We should praise him. Guy fucking sucked. Uh, they, you know, it's one of these things guys where it's ever like, see him live. Uh, yeah, I'm sure I saw him at ECW at some point. No, no, I never saw him live. No, I, I saw I was, him. I was gone from ECW at that point. So, no, yeah, yeah. I saw him. I saw a match between, let me think of who was in it. It was New Jack, 
I don't know who the other guy was. And the Sandman. Oh, wait. I definitely saw a scaffold match with New Jack. No, you saw a scaffold match with J.T. Smith. Oh, fuck. I'm confusing black guys. Yeah, no, we never we never, we never, never went to it. We, we were out of ECW before that all started. The New Jack thing was at the very end. Yeah, yeah, I was gone by we then. Weren't, yeah, my, we were my, my timeline with ECW is as soon as they got this, the um, bleachers in, in the arena, I was gone already. Yes. When they yeah. had to accommodate more people for TV. Yeah, yeah. but uh, I saw a match between him. I can't remember who the second guy was. It was a show that was put on by the Blue Meanie uh, down at 2300 before they you know, redid it, so it still looked like shit in there. And um, it was a complete clusterfuck. Um, they were stapling dollar bills to each other's heads. And I'm looking at people like, I don't understand how you can find this entertaining. Um, and then they, one of the guys I was with was sitting across on the other side of the room. And I think it was Sandman was on the microphone. And the guy that I knew took one of the, the big Gatorade bottles. Yeah. You know, like they don't make, they don't really sell them anymore. The those ones that were, they were like sixty-four ounce Gatorade bottles. Yep. <laughs> and yeah, just, I know what you're with about. a lid on it, three quarters away to full, and just like lobbed it at him in the ring. And it just, we were watching from the other side, and I saw it just go right past his face. <laughs> Sandman. <laughs> Sandman. <laughs> and I won't talk shit about Sandman because I met him a few times. He was a drug-addled mess, but he always treated me very well. Um, but other than that, yeah, I, I had no real experience with New Jack. Brandon, what you miss? That's interesting. Good. And we could. Now I won't miss him, but that's interesting because, well, and we've talked about this a little bit. We'll probably talk about it again very shortly. But Dark Side of the Ring, they almost do too good of a job trying to paint these people in a, in a nice light early in the episode. And the way they make you feel about New Jack, he's like an ECW legend. No. But it's like hearing from you guys is like, oh, it was that was already going to shit by the time he even showed up. Yeah, we jumped ship pretty early though. We're we're early. We were early. Like we didn't stick with ECW during those like the day the heydays. Uh, we were there for the early days of ECW. Gotcha. Classic hipsters. We, we when it got cool, we jumped ship. We left. Yeah, over. we were too, we were way too cool for that. We were like, no man, I'm gonna start watching. Uh, what was it? Wrestling Society X instead. Yeah. <laughs> that was on MTV. All right, let's move on. <laughs> too mainstream. Speaking of pieces of shit, let's talk about the Dark Side of the Ring episode of Nick Gage. Brandon, if you'd like to start first, go right ahead. Let's talk about Nick the Nick Gage episode. Yeah, uh, somehow came off even worse, like a worse version of New Jack. Um, I, not to, to steal Jim Cornette's phrase, but I think he said New, New Jack was a wrestler that turned into a piece of shit. Nick Gage was just a piece of shit the whole time. Um, I, I always hated that CZW stuff that was going on in the field in, in Delaware. It just shows you how out of his goddamn mind this guy is that he was like almost dying. They show that footage. He's almost dying in the field, and he's he's begging to come back in the ring because he couldn't um, lose to Jack the Candlestick or whoever this other goober was that they got out there. <laughs> <laughs> they got out there. To fight. What was his name? Jack. What was Thumbtack his name? Jack. Thumbtack Jack. <laughs> this oh is yeah. God. This is I I I like that they did this show because to me when I think of like that what that phrase is the dark side of the ring 
it's people like this. And I, I don't like that they glamorize it, but I think if you have any sensibility, they really aren't glamorizing it. I, he obviously has a, a small cult of fans, but I watched this on Saturday night, showed it to a couple of my friends, and it was pretty unanimous. I was like, oh, this is one of the worst people I've, I've ever even seen. I do like the I, I like I, the scene where he was um, talking. Was Was he talking about himself? Someone was talking about him, and they were like, Oh, he went into the when he went to go rob the bank. They were like, "Oh, it's 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 Nick Gage. Everybody knows Nick Gage. Like, they're of course they're going to give him money." I forget what the fuck they said. They basically acted like anyone that the besides the three hundred people that watch CZW <laughs> knew who the fuck this piece this guy that made no money doing the job that he did was. Like his idea yeah. of how popular he is. He's shocked by that even a thousand people liked him. But he when he was out of jail, he seemed to think that he was this like invincible popular guy that everybody loved. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like it's like Rowdy Roddy Piper is like coming into the bank demanding some cash <laughs> or something. Like He's a fucking the, he just looked like a guy on drugs, is what he looked like. The dark side of the ring to me is not I think it was called the ultra violence of Nick Gage. That's not the dark side. It's all of the little stuff that maybe you wouldn't catch if you weren't really paying attention where they're cutting to this goober that runs Game Changer Wrestling. He's talking about how Nick Gage broke into his house and is sleeping on the floor. This kid's like 17 running this promotion, but then still knows he's on, on drugs. He's giving him money for drugs and and putting him in the main event of these shows so he's getting more fired up and wanting to do it again. And like, yeah, and also this weird little carny circle is the dark side of the yeah. Room. And his brother like, kind of like disowned him because he was a piece of shit. And then they try to paint his brother like he was bad. Like, oh, he d- abandoned him when he needed him. It's like, no, he's a fucking scumbag. You're 35, dude. Like, it's not. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't do anything unreasonable. He just didn't want to deal with the bullshit anymore. I don't know. This was this was. This was disgusting, this episode. I fucking hated every minute of it. Chris, I want to get your thoughts before we start talking about the um, the stuff with um, with the, uh, what the fuck the actor's name is. David Arquette. Chris, go ahead. So, uh, to paint the guy that turns his back on a drug-addled piece of shit uh, as the villain is the exact fucking wrong thing to do. Right. Uh, being a drug-addled piece of shit in the past, uh, the best thing that ever happened to me was everybody turning their fucking back on me. So, that's number one. Number two, um, I had no idea who this guy was until Brandon and I saw him at uh, Bloodsport. Yeah, please talk about that. He wrestled Killer Cross, who will later become Carry On Cross. Um, and the fans could not believe that he lost. You remember that? <laughs> they were infuriated. Infuriated. That junk- shirtless, po- shirtless potato man yes, junk- was infuriated. All right? Well, I was I- like, so when I saw this and they were saying like, oh, he was very popular. He was very popular. I was like, well, you know what? I have to agree. In that circle, I was amazed that people knew that he was as popular as he was. Hmm. Um. But first of all, I think I had been invited to the tournament of death multiple times. Mm. And um, 
if I was invited 10 times, I said absolutely not 10 fucking times. I had no desire to ever see that. Kind right. Of thing. Now, like, uh, just to cut you off for a second. Now, yeah, go ahead. we are not uh, unexposed to hardcore wrestling. I watched, no. we talked about it last week. I watched F- FMW in its heyday. I watched Wing. Like, I watched the OG stuff before IWA, which is kind of funny because I'm watching the show with, I'm watching the show with my wife. And I'm explaining to her, like, Nick Gage is telling his story. Now, Nick Gage is what, 30? Is he 40 years old at this point? Like, late 30s. So, He's 40. 40. So, I'm explaining to her that, like, we were watching it back in the day with, you know, all the stuff from Japan. And he starts watching when death matches were pretty much on the decline. When IWA was around, death matches were, like, pretty much frowned upon. Dunzo. Yeah, like yeah. Japan was not into him anymore. They had a small base of fans. FMW was losing money. Wing didn't exist anymore. And then they got into these dopes got into it when it was on its decline. They were like, mm-hmm. Oh, I've never seen anything like this before. Let me do that. Which is kind of strange. Like we had watched it when it was like at its peak and then it started to slink down and then all of a sudden these guys from Jersey suddenly were like, Oh my god, we could do I don't... this. The only disagreement I have with what you said is it's not, oh, I've never seen this before. Let me do this. Right. To me, it's I'm not good at this. Right. I'm not good at wrestling, but I can get attention if I am the guy that can take more pain than anyone else or but, I'm willing to go farther than anybody else. Good, good, good point. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's it's something that uh, uh, one of the things that Jim Jim Cornette was one of these guys that really hates death, deathmatch wrestling. And he thinks it's stupid and he says that. If I remember correctly, I think it's Cornette, and he's like, the people that do deathmatch wrestling can't wrestle. That's why they do deathmatch wrestling. If they could wrestle, they wouldn't have to do this. Uh, well, I mean, you know, you know who was a great wrestler and legit wrestler in real life? Uh, Terry Funk. You know when he started doing deathmatches? Yeah, when he, when he couldn't move when anymore. he couldn't move anymore, when he was hobbling into the ring. And what do you think? I, look, none of us know Terry Funk, but I've watched enough and heard enough about wrestlers to, to kind of put the pieces together that – um, Terry Funk couldn't move anymore and was starting to get most likely starting to get uh, uh, accolade and adoration from the fans for doing death matches and that addiction to that rush from yeah. people cheering your name kicked right back in and he was like hey I can do this instead hmm. you know what I mean yeah but, and the paydays you know, too well yeah but I mean it's 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 and look, yeah, well, Funk, you know, Funk wasn't actually, doing CZW. So Funk was flying to Japan because they were giving him a shit ton of money to go over. Oh, there. sure, yeah, sure. Cactus sure. Jack was not doing ECW or um, CZW. CZW. Yeah, uh, John Moxley was doing CZW when he was a nobody. Yeah, as soon as he became a somebody, he no longer did that anymore. No. And yeah. the only reason he became a somebody is because he can actually work. Right. You know what I mean? Um, very. Uh, that's a very I, I was yeah, I was never a fan of it. I had a hard time watching this because in the beginning when they're showing all the shots of the death matches, I am kind of when I didn't hear them talking and I just heard, you know, uh video, you know, I could tell they were showing shots all video, I would just look away from the T V. Yeah. Not like hiding, but I would start doing something else. I would just listen to them talk and then I'd go back up when they were talking. Um but like here's the other thing too. When when you have to do a show in the middle of nowhere on a farm in Delaware to the point where you're doing death matches at a show 
to where a fucking ambulance can't get into it because the road isn't secure. I, I think that was <laughs> – hold on. Just to cut you off, watching that show, there was an ambulance on the I, – I think that was for dramatic effect that they uh, – Oh, okay, yeah. They, I they, think they, that they the ambulance that. couldn't get him there fast enough. The oh, helicopter had to – the guy was okay. fucking gushing blood out of an artery. Yeah, because yeah, they, they, there was definitely an ambulance in the shot while they are saying an ambulance couldn't get on the field. It's like, okay. <laughs> so – and then they said um, – but if you have to do that, let's just, so let's eliminate the ambulance part. But if you have to do that on a fucking farm in the middle of nowhere in Delaware, it's not really a viable source of income no. or a viable fan. Uh, it's not a um, it's not a desired product. No. Right? right. Because guess what? If it's going to make millions of dollars, people start going, eh, yeah, I think we can do that. Yeah. You know, people's um, people's uh, fears of getting sued or their fears of uh, the way that they'll look if they put something like this on, they start to get a little bit smaller once you start seeing dollar signs. Right. Right? Oh, we can work within those parameters. There ain't no fuck. Like, what the fuck? There's no money in it. You know what I mean? No. Because it's no. stupid. It's not because it's too cool that not everybody Yeah, 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 exactly. Right. Exactly. I've seen the crowds. They're not that cool. A lot of Jenkos. I, I did want to, to mention it. You just reminded me of it. Going back to that blood sport thing, I also didn't know who he was. And when I was watching this episode of Dark Side of the Ring, I had a couple uh, neural pathways connected that I didn't realize at the time. But Chris and I are looking around. And there's a there's some school shooter looking motherfuckers at this blood sport thing, and and I'm kind of wondering what's going on there. They're almost making me a little bit nervous. And I don't usually interact with people like that. And then this guy came out from behind the. Uh, curtain that that by the way there's no walkway so you could see him walk to the curtain and then blow through the curtain in this weird carnival themed room at the showboat in atlantic city and they all started going nick fucking cage all of the guys i thought had had assault rifles in their trench coats now (laughs) stood up and and are are engaging in this in this chant and i'm like oh this this is once i watched this i was like this is is the whole scene that's why these creepy people were at the josh barnett event (laughs) So strange, man. All right, so should we strange. move it? So, so we get to the point where they're talking about the uh, David Arquette match, setting up the David Arquette match. I think they were feuding on Twitter, and that's how it picked up. But I, they didn't really go into how the howls of this becoming a match. But this was like you're watching the whole thing, and you're like, oh, is this a redemption story? Like, is he a nice guy? And then, I mean, maybe he's playing a character. I don't think he is. He even cements himself as being a total piece of shit in this whole fucking thing. After the biggest moment of his career. Biggest moment where he could be a, you know, he can make it in TMZ and make it like on a television, like on a newspaper or, you know, get mainstream attention. Instead, he just decides he wants to really screw over this Hollywood guy that took him out to a fucking expensive steak dinner. So fucking weird. Brandon, go ahead. Yeah, and he asked him for one thing. He was like, look, man, like I'm totally down to do this. Beat the shit out of me. I'm going to get cut. Not worried about that. Beat me up. Just don't blade my head. I'm a Hollywood actor. I got to go. I don't need the the new Jack forehead. And that's the only thing he immediately disrespects. And not to keep talking about Jim Cornette, but I think he said this in the New Jack episode, and it stuck with me. He's like, there's a fine line in, in professional wrestling between what two men agreed to do beforehand, and they do, and felonious assault. He's like, this is just complete felonious assault on camera, where now David Ar- Arquette's 
trying to not get his own tongue cut cut out of his head because he's afraid that this guy's actually going to hurt him worse than he already lied to him and is hurting him. Yeah. It's this is dark, dude. This is not cool at all. Like this guy sucks. This guy's the fucking worst. Sounds like a terrible friend too. Probably still your wallet. Chris good. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know. I mean, I think Brandon just covered it. You know what I mean? Like I never understood um the hate of David Arquette getting in the wrestling and being WCW champion because guess what? You weren't doing dick and this guy made you some money. Shut yeah. the fuck up. Yeah. I can't fucking stand that shit. I don't understand it. David Arquette he had pay his dues. David, David Arquette. Arquette. David Arquette had just come out of Ghost. Where right? No, not Ghost. What the fuck's the name of that show? The movie? That's Patrick Swayze. No, 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 no. The movie where the, with the ghost face guy. Oh, Scream. Scream. He had just come out of Scream. He was a big fucking star at this point. Yeah, he was married to Courtney Cox at one point. Yeah, I mean, they were like, like a celebrity couple. This is even though he hadn't been doing a lot of stuff at this point, he was well known. Well known. Right, and, and if you were, and you know what, and the other thing is, pay is your that, like, dues. Fuck you. And the other thing that stupid. makes me laugh is like, look, I don't care if I'm in that business and I'm working with David Arquette, and he says, listen, I'll do it, just don't do this and don't do that. Not only am I not going to do those things, I am going to, because it's a carny business, right? Mm-hmm. We agree on that. So. I am not not only am I not going to do those things, I am going to make him look like a million fucking bucks because odds are later on he could probably make me look like a million bucks somewhere down the line. The Miz. Right. The Miz did it at, at WrestleMania. Yes, this is a fucking this is the way like treat people well and they treat you well. That doesn't mean that you because you get a reward from treating people well um, internally. Right. So right. like it doesn't mean that you're only out for yourself. It's a it's a mutual um, mutually. It's mutually beneficial. Right. But instead, you these guys, well, they do this. He ain't from our world. Well, guess what? Your world is shit and you need somebody to push your world. <laughs> And these guys help you out, and they what do they do at the end? They make yep. you fucking money. Nobody gave a shit about Nick Gage until TMZ talked to David Arquette. That's right. Nobody knew who he was. Nobody will know. And I nobody give was a, going I didn't to give know a fuck was. who he was until he and got nope. out of jail and people made a big deal about it. I had no yeah, idea and, who the fuck this dude was. And nobody's ever going to know who he is. No, nobody's going to. He's not going to be in the annals of professional wrestling, or people are going to be like, man, uh, Nick yeah. Gage. It's wrestling, man. <laughs> Wrestling's That's, all the back of the court. <laughs> working with David Arquette and having a quote unquote death match that made everybody look good would be a talent. So at the at when faced with doing something that requires talent, Nick Gage responded by he has to prove what a fucking death match is. It, I'm, I gotta respect a death match and, and actually up. hurt this Hollywood. Yeah, like throw the fuck up. Thank you. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. Just and like, even Arquette, who doesn't isn't a professional wrestler, says in this thing, he's like, you know, you go into a wrestling match, there's a certain amount of faith between the workers to not hurt each other. That's the part of the wrestling match. He exactly. says that, and I got the, and he's like, I got this guy with a fucking cutting my head open with a fucking pizza pizza cutter. <laughs> Like, he's not even using a sharp object to cut his head open. Yeah, he really so, got to dig in with one of those. Yeah, things. and it also the chances of scarring are increased. Like, it's ridiculous. All right, so uh, in my opinion... The goal of... The, go the point of this is to make it look as, as brutal as possible without hurting each other. Like, I don't know... I, I said this once already, but you, you lost the fucking plot, dude. The, 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 when you're bleeding out of your <laughs> armpit 
getting medevaced out of this stupid field in, in Lord North North Delaware. You lost the fucking you point of the whole fucking... thing, dude. <laughs> screaming at the screaming at the guy camera the camera guy going, oh, "You smart Mark, you smart Mark." Still trying to prove that he's a better person than the people around him. It's like, dude, I'm just videotaping this man, and you're dying. And his and his crackhead girlfriend the whole time She's is like, great. oh. I, I, I did want to bring that up, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, dark side of the wing, uh, wing. Dark yes, side of the dark wing. Dark side of the wing. <laughs> dark side, that's, that's dark side, side of the wing. That's the dark side of his wing. <laughs> the dark side of the ring is batting a thousand on fucking freakazoid girlfriends this season. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as they showed her my face, I was like, whoa! I was like, yikes! <laughs> oh my god! Also. They showed a picture of her when she was really young, and you're like, oh, my God, it's not even the same woman. Like, she looks totally different. Ah, drugs. Drugs, man. Drugs. Uh, this was I, – I know you guys said you didn't enjoy this episode, and I totally get where you're coming from. But to me, this is like the dark side of the ring, and I, I'm imagining that these two guys that created this show are like – they did the season one. They they covered season. some some famous stuff, Not nothing too crazy. Then by season three, they're like, you, you want more? It's like, we could go to the dark side of the ring. We could we could show you multiple cracked out wives and Nick Gage and all this other really dark yeah, side of the ring. What. I'm going to tell you what. It's not that I didn't enjoy this show. I watched it. I enjoyed it. It wasn't like it was a bad program. No, it's a good program. But it didn't make anybody look fucking good. The only person like, is, these guys just, just makes like them look shitheads. Yeah, I, I, there's got to be people. It seems like they try to tell them like they're. The people that are, are supporting them, <laughs> like if you're a random person watching this and you're not a Nick Gage fan because there's only 100 Nick Gage fans, if you're just a random person watching this show, you're just like, what the fuck? This is the stupidest shit I've ever heard of. You know what I mean? Like you compare this to like a silly ass episode of The Bachelor or something like that and you think like that's dumb TV and then you watch Nick Gage and you're like, this is fucking stupid. Like. These people really believe this. They think this man's a hero. It's, yeah, it's terrible. It's so weird. It's terrible. Yeah, if you have any MDK merch, you're a loser. Stop, stop listening to this show. Yeah, I, honestly, we shouldn't be friends. Ever. What's the next episode? Do we know what's coming up? I didn't. Look yeah, it it's up. a North Korea thing. That oh fuck yeah, I'm stoked on this. Oh yeah, that'll be cool to watch. I don't yeah. know why. why I don't know very much about that. One thing that um, I just read a thing online about Muhammad Ali, where he was there. Um, mind you, Muhammad Ali's going to be there, and he was doing. They were doing a press tour with in North Korea, kind of a press tour. You're based, you're in North Korea, so there's not much press. It's one one news source, and they're going around, and Inoki's there, and he's there with Muhammad Ali, and what's it called? The uh, North Korean press is just ragging on the United States and Japan about how they could annihilate them in no time while <laughs> they're standing there like for this thing because they're getting paid to do it and it's north korea and they're just ragging on the united states and japan and muhammad ali says no wonder we hate these motherfuckers <laughs> <laughs> i cannot wait for this fucking episode i am wow, really excited about be this because there's it's a lot be of good. sources no, there was, was a lot of people there was this That's the crazy this was the WCW one with Bischoff and yes, all that stuff, yes, right? That yes. early years of him in WCW, was, I believe. If uh, names off the top of my head, Bischoff, uh, Antonio Noki, Ric Flair, um, Muhammad Ali, um, Scott Norton was there because Scott Norton was a huge, uh, huge star in Japan. 
Yes, he was. Um, a couple of odd people that you wouldn't expect. A bunch of women. And they, I think that they were they performed in a stadium that holds like 150,000 people. This insane dome. It's like probably this, the only one in the entire country. This is going to be wild as shit, this episode. Yeah, uh, this is definitely one I'll be into. Yeah. All right, let's move on. What do we got next? What do we have next? Uh, a couple Japanese things. Some of your stuff, Jim. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to talk about the Stardom Cinderella tournament because I haven't watched any of it yet because it's not available online. But uh, we'll get there eventually. Um, the Hanukkah Memorial Show comes up uh, on... Well, I'll wait on that. Good news. I'll give you good news. How's this? The FMWE show that we talked about last week has sold out the fruit market. No tickets available. <laughs> the fruit market. I the fruit market it. is completely sold out. This I am so excited about this match. Did you? Did I send Just you guys you the picture? Of, good in this world. Yes, I did. Just uh, send you guys the picture of Onita holding a. He's basically holding a drawing of what the exploding match is going yes. to look like. <laughs> yeah, I cannot wait. This is going to be so silly. I can't wait till they start naming people that are going to be in it. It's going to be people. It's like that, a cartoon, right? Like yeah, this cartoon drawing. Cartoon just like, drawing. It's pretty much. Yeah, it's, it's pretty very, much. It's it's the same. It's pretty much the same drawing as the. Uh, AEW drawing. Yeah, the Kenny Omega one. Done better, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just in color. Yes. I'm very excited about that. And then also, um, I had mentioned it, but the uh, Hanukkah Mora Memorial Show is coming up on the 22nd, which is, I believe, Sunday. I'd have to look that up. But it's at 10.30 p.m. Eastern. It's going to be streaming on Fight TV. And proceeds go to Hana's uh, mother, Kyoko, to help with her legal battle against bullying. So, uh, I have already paid for it. It was 15 bucks. Hopefully, I don't know how Fight TV works. They got my 15 bucks. Hopefully, I can watch it at a later date. I don't have to watch it live because I'm not going to watch it live. I got to work. Do you guys watch anything on Fight TV and rent it anything? Do you, do you have to watch it live or is it like sitting there? Oh, oh no. <laughs> no, I never watched anything. I had, I had that to, uh, I got it. I, I downloaded the app years ago to watch. It was Gennady Golovkin, I think, and uh, Canelo Alvarez, two boxers. Yeah. And um, I was going to watch it with a mutual friend of ours. And uh, he kind of started to bail. And then I was like, yeah, I don't trust this app. And I just deleted it. Yeah. Brandon, you've never read anything? I do watch stuff on there when I'm uh, particularly bored and looking for some carny wrestling. But I have a feeling it's the type of company that – if they take your access away, you can probably just email somebody and and demand it back. Right. And they'll, they'll give it to you. Right. But I would, I would cross my fingers. That's yeah. going to be on there the next day. <laughs> okay. It's time for our wrestling rewind review of the week. This week I selected what's many consider to be her best match from December 24th of 2019. Hanakamura versus Julia. Shall I dive right into this, guys? I'm gonna give you guys. I'm gonna give you guys a little background. Please do. Okay. So, um, going into this, the years leading up to this, you guys know this. Stardom had lost its biggest draws. Its biggest draws being Kairi Hojo, who was Kairi Sane. She left. Io Shirai left. Io Shirai had originally been signed with Kairi Hojo, but she. She had a neck injury. She had passed, you know, they do the, the tryout. She had a neck, neck injury, so she didn't ship over for the next for the next year. 
Uh, Yoko Bito was another woman that worked for the company. She became a mother. Uh, Tony Storm worked in, you know, and, and a girl named Viper, who was Piper Niven. If you guys are familiar with Piper Niven from uh, NXT uh, UK. They were big foreign stars over there. They got signed by WWE. So the company, the, the girls that were left in the company were Mayu Iwatani, who you know, a girl named Jungle Kiona, which you may not know, uh, Kagetsu, and there was younger talent, um, Momo Watanabe, Momo Watanabe, um, Azumi, Hanakomura, and a girl named Hazuki. Now, Kagetsu and Hazuki were ready to retire. With this move to uh, Bushi Road had bought the company. Bushi Road owns New Japan Pro Wrestling. Kigetsu and Hazuki apparently didn't fit. I mean, that's the rumors that they didn't fit in with their plans, so they decided to retire. So this was a big match. This is a match they brought Julia in. It was kind of a it was kind of a coup. So they brought Julia. Julia worked for a company named Ice Ribbon. Ice Ribbon is one of the top five Joshi companies in Japan. Um, she, if you're unfamiliar with Ice Ribbon, if you watch the AW Women's Tournament, the place where they filmed it is the Ice Ribbon Dojo. So Julia felt that she wasn't being used properly in in um, Ice Ribbon. She had just had a title match and she lost. She was, I believe, she was like 24 years old at the time. So Bushiro gave her an opportunity and they signed her to start him. It was a big deal. Like no one knew it was happening. This was a big reveal when she showed up. Apparently she was in breach of contract. There was a big deal about it. But um, you know, in typical pro wrestling storyline, especially in 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 Japanese pro wrestling storyline. The homegrown talent, quote-unquote, homegrown talent of stardom were not exactly excited that a new person was coming over and winning. So the the uh, angle coming out of this was that Hanakamura was not excited about Julia being there, and she just wanted to kick her ass and prove to her that she didn't belong. So they had a couple of backstage brawls, and eventually it built to this match. This was one of the bigger matches on the card. There was a couple title matches as well. So... You know, uh, one of the things about the, you, just, you, you think about it, it's like in professional wrestling, when new people come over to companies and everything, it's always like fans get very upset about it. They get more upset more because they don't, they can't see the, they can't seem to see the blurred line, and they usually get into this whole like, well, you're burying my favorite wrestler. Oh, I can't believe it. You bring in this girl and you only brought her in because she's pretty. And that's the whole thing. It, was, it turned into a whole fucking thing. But to get to the match, it, it, it immediately just like we dive into it. And it immediately it gets that heat. Immediately you feel it. They get into the ring. They're staring each other down. Any questions before I get into it? Get into it. No, good. Get into it. Yeah. Okay. So first thing I want to say is that uh, Julia looks a lot different now than she did then. Chris? Yes. Yes. Oh, okay. I concur. I, oh, okay. I, <laughs> yeah, she did like a, a full body. Like uh, she looks almost like an action figure now. She's so fucking fit. But back then she was just like she just looked like a a wrestler. Now she's so friggin' she's lean and muscular, and she's like her shoulders are huge now and everything. It's really lean. Cleaned up her uh, her musculature. She looks fantastic now. And uh, Hannah still looks like a pretty badass in her hyper cyber or hippie cyber moth or hippie cyber goth gear although her uh her wow. her little leg things kind of look like the um the eep, eep, mop, 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 mop guys from the muppets <laughs> brandon you want to say something 
No, no, I'm I'm just listening. I'm observing. You said cyber moth. I said moth. Oh yeah, moth. Uh, there's lot. So one, one of the uh, surprising things about this match is that there's uh, lots of girls screaming for Julia, which is rare for women to be at Stardom shows because it's usually creepy ass dudes. Chris, I thought there was a few in the front row. <laughs> <laughs> they wouldn't. That they, whole front row was filled with some dudes. I'll just mention one it of now. Which was way too old. Yeah. Go ahead. He didn't say anything. He just looked. He's yeah. There's a lot of those. Go ahead, Brandon. I'm sorry, I'm talking over you, Chris. That was my only annoying thought about this whole thing. Is the I don't know if it was just one, one or two people, but it was like they didn't breathe. It was every three seconds for the entire 20 minutes. They're just screeching this this one like once. I think they were yelling Julia. Yes. But it was like this was one or two syllables just again and again and three second increments for the entire 25 minutes. Well, like, welcome, jo- welcome to Joshi. As the advice I've given Chris when he has a hard time dealing with the screaming and Joshi, just mute it. It's just as a, a, enjoyable. You can't understand the language anyway. Just Just mute it. You're on mute. Like, you're muted right now. Yeah, it was like, dude, you got to just shut up. It's like, I, I don't I don't care what you're saying, what the point is. It's like every four seconds over the entire arena, just like cutting through everything else in my head. Jolie, ha! Jolie, ha! 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 We get it. Sounds like, it sounds, right like Jim, sounds like Jimmy yelling for a t-shirt at SmackDown. Yes. But I digress. Yes. One day we'll have to review that show. Um, I gotta say, in 2021, there's this, there's one spot where uh, Hana Kimura spits a big loogie in Julia's face. Yeah, I that is that. absolutely terrifying in 2021. I, would be, oh my god, I'd be like, oh god, it's on me, <sighs> pouring bleach all over my face. She throws one in the uh, ump's face too. Yeah, or the ref's face. Refs. The ump. Barb. His name's Barb. That ref. So they take it to the they take it to the crowd. They end up beating the crap out of each other, and and you get into that whole thing with the creepy dorks in the front row don't want to move, which really fucking annoys me. They're just like, I paid for this shit, I'm not gonna move. And you got a bunch of ponytails and balding heads, and they're trying to get them out of the could way. Could be darker than that. Yeah. Could could be. Uh, I hope that they step right on my fucking legs, and I Hanukkah more <laughs> sweat gets all over. Oh God. <laughs> I hope I get a wrestling boot right to my balls. They're definitely thinking that, though. We will eventually uh, watch that episode of The Wrestlers on Vice where they go to they talk about stardom. Have you guys caught that at all? I think I saw that one. Yeah, there's that one. There's a DDT one, too, that are both trying to, like, touch on the creepiness of it. And with DDT, they're trying to talk about the creepiness of uh, how Dino is a gay guy, but he's a villain because he is gay, and that's basically it. He's, he's a bad guy because he's, he's gay. Bad guy because he's gay. Yeah, gay people, bad. It's so I was weird. like that here in the 80s, too. Yeah, well, we're in 2021. Yeah. Dave uh, Meltz will tell you all about that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. There was a lot of stiff kicks, a lot of a big slap off. We have shoot headbutts, which always make me fucking wince. Um, submission off, bunch of octopus submissions, uh, SDF, and then time limit bell. They continue to pull their each other's hair. Uh we get a little fist bump, uh, sign of respect, showing that Julia made it in stardom. And then uh, uh, Julia says, uh, you know, she gives a promo at the end. She says how great 2020 is going to be and how they're going to meet many more times. And then RIP Hanukkah Mora. And they never meet again. 
Cue the tears. Thoughts, guys. Go ahead, Brian. Yeah, we're really sticking uh, around the uh, dark side of the ring here for about an hour, an hour straight. This made me made me pretty sad, honestly. I'm not very good handling processing death, whether it be someone I'm watching for the first time or not. But this felt very much like it was just the beginning of something. I think we I may have said this with the last time we we uh, reviewed a Hanukkah match, but it was specific to the match. Very very stiff shots. The first two three minutes was basically just a fist fight. Hanukkah is dropping those nasty elbows down on julia connecting right with her jaw i was like oh my god i enjoyed them going into that packed crowd going all around the table spot was cool big boot i was a little bit confused on the ending because i couldn't tell if hanukkah more like passed out tapped out or if it was the bell ringing for a draw or what it was a draw um, it was a draw that makes more sense but yeah yeah, it was fun it was stiff but again these this i can't help but if i had to summarize it just being like this is something that was getting going, and we know it's it's now not. So. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's one of the reasons I wanted to watch these last two matches that we watched about Hanukkah Moore over the last few weeks. Just that, you know, she was a pretty big star, and she was going to be a bigger star, and she got her life got cut short. Chris, thoughts? The yawns are starting. Sorry. Um, yeah. Uh, that was probably, like, when she says um, – you know, 2020 is going to be a great year. And it's just like, oh, man, like the, the it's just all going to come crashing down in a couple months. You know, it wasn't it was only, what, three months later, four months later before everything, you know, as far as uh, the stuff with Hanukkah more happened. Um, she passed away and it'll be a year this weekend. OK, so May. Um, but, yeah, I you know, I think that a uh, couple things. Number one, I think the time limit draw is something that's way – it's not used at all. And uh, it's a great way to keep a feud going because you can have a great match and everybody looks great. And you can keep it going because people want to see a winner so you can go to one to another match. Um, and the other thing was, uh, you know, anybody – if there's anybody out there that is looking to be a professional wrestler uh, that's listening to this podcast, when they ask you to legit headbutt somebody, don't do it. Julia That's still terrible. does them. She still it's does them to this day. It's terrible. It's just not smart. No, not at all. But, you know, good match. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Uh, really stiff. But, I, you know, we, we've talked about this. I have a hard time watching these matches because I do not know the backstory at all. So it's just like, how do we get here? Just ask me. I'm a, sto- I'm a story guy. Um, and uh, But it was good. I'm not going to say it wasn't a good match. It was definitely entertaining as fuck. Luckily, you have my phone number. You can reach out to me at any time. Is entertaining AF. And coming out of this match, the sad thing, you know, you get this coming out of this match, it's like 2020 looked like it was going to be the biggest year for stardom ever. They do the show at um, Tokyo Dome. Chris, if you're going to yawn, please don't yawn. It's, <laughs> it's coming. Yeah. And coming out of this match, you were thinking like, okay, you got Julia, you got Hanukamura, Tom Nakano, who, we, who we've talked about before, Mayo Iwatani, Utami. Hi, yeah, Shishida. And Arisa Hoshiki were going to be the big faces of stardom. Hana passes away. Hoshiki retires from her neck. And now we're in a rebuild all over again. Mm-hmm. One thing I do like about this match is that Julia and Hana Kimura were very similar in style, where they were kind of bruisers. And you don't really get that in Joshi, where you get two bruisers against each other. It's usually good point. big, small, or you get, you know, because there's so many kicks and suplexes in Joshi in general. 
to have two girls that are kind of brawlers. It was, it's kind of a different take. I really enjoyed this match. I think it was a lot of fun. And uh, so I had to go check it out. Now, Brandon, we skipped you for a couple of weeks. It's your time, buddy. You get to pick a match that we get to watch and review or an event or anything wrestling related. Of course, listeners, if you don't know, I handle the Japanese stuff and the ladies. Chris handles anything before the infamous Stone Cold Steve Austin King of the Ring promo. And Brandon handles everything past that. Brandon, go ahead. Yeah, so I picked something out. Um, I'm trying to go a little bit topical as the the show flows. And Chris has a good point here as we get better at this and we build out these segments. Sure, Chris or I could text you, but they tens of thousands of listeners that we have, they don't get that. So as we build these out, I, I do want to preface why we're selecting these matches and, and a little bit of the context to them as we build into it, whether a match, segment, whatever. Um, but I chose for this week something um, – I was when I was watching the Nick Gage thing, the New Jack thing, I knew that was coming up. I was thinking about hardcore wrestling, and I was like, boy, I really hate this shit <laughs> right now, this, this death match wrestling. But I was like, what I did love Mick Foley growing up, uh, one of my favorite wrestlers – I was trying to think about what made him a little bit different than those guys, and I was just kind of going through some Mick Foley matches. I didn't want to do Hell in a Cell or King of the Ring 98, that Hell in a Cell. Uh, So what we're going to do is January 4th, 1999. This is an episode of Monday Night Raw. It's Mick Foley as Mankind versus The Rock. Uh, A lot of people consider it the end of the Monday Night War. It was the night of the finger poke of doom on WCW. Tony Schiavone famously tells people not to watch that match. He gives them a heads up on the WCW broadcast that's coming. They lose 600,000 viewers. Um, but I, I watched some of his matches trying to pick one. This is pretty short. You know, it's Attitude Era, WWE. You're not going to have the, the – most of the time it's not going to be a 40-minute incredible display of technical skill. But I thought this was awesome booking. Uh, relates to a lot of the, the crap that we've been talking about. And uh, is a good was a good refresher of me of what can be done on a uh, dead part of the year on a Monday Night Raw around a title picture that would actually be interesting. So that's what we're going to watch. Excellent choice. Chris, thoughts on that? No, I think this is fantastic. Yeah, I, um, I'm, I'm excited to see the crowd. I haven't watched this match in years. And a 1999 hot crowd at Raw is probably <laughs> yeah. very exciting. One of the, it, a little teaser, it gets one of the biggest pops I've ever seen towards the end of this match. So yeah. It's fun. They mess around with the title a little bit. They tell a story. They, they got people outside of the ring, but it doesn't ruin the fucking match. There's a lot of the stuff that we complain about. I think they do well here. So check awesome. it out. It's it's um it's on YouTube. It's a 14-minute video. They edit out the chair shots, which is the head, shots to the head. Which That's is fine because, yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't really need to see that anymore. Oh, you can also put the pieces together. Yeah. Right. Uh, but if if you want to go on Peacock, which, by the way, I wanted to mention this, that Peacock app, Peacock app and whole service is absolutely pathetic. Yeah, it's terrible. If you, type in, if you type in on Peacock under WWE Stone Cold Steve Austin, you get no results. So you know, mankind, nothing. You can't even search for any of that stuff. But if you, if you do want to watch Chair Shots Included, it's Season 7, Episode 2, January 4th, 1999. All right, season, ep- season 7, Episode 2. I'll read that off to the listeners so uh, they know for sure. 
So for our wrestling retro rewind next week, watch along with us. January 4th, 1999. It's season seven, episode two on Peacock, apparently. Monday Night Raw, we got Mick Foley versus The Rock, the very famous match. The uh, WCW, oh, Mick Foley's going to win their title. <laughs> That'll put they butts imme- in seats. They immediately lost a half a million watchers. <laughs> Fucking stupid. Why talk about the uh, competition if they don't matter, right? Never talk yeah. about the competition. All right, shall we move on? Sure. All right, let's do it. Let's move on to uh, certain... Um... He is Dave Meltzer. And these are the Meltzer Files. So, Mr. Dave Meltzer, guilt by friendship. So I don't know if you guys know about this. We talked about him a couple of weeks ago, maybe a month ago, about Bruce Mitchell. That's his name, right? Bruce Mitchell? Yes, it is. Yeah. So he's a quote-unquote wrestling reporter as much as any wrestling reporter is a wrestling reporter. And um, he's been known as an internet troll. He looks to troll people. You know, high-quality individual trolling people online, getting them angry for no reason. When um, John Huber died, who we know as that guy from AEW. What's his name, Brandon? You watch that show. Brody Lee. Brody Lee, sorry. I only know his shoot Luke name. Harper. I only know his shoot name, brother. Luke Harper passed away. <laughs> Luke Harper passed away. Mr. Bruce Clearly Mitchell. one of the most memorable wrestlers Jimmy said I've yes. ever seen. I, I haven't, <laughs> since he, the moment he died, I haven't been able to remember his name. I'm sorry. That guy. Um, R.I.P., by the way. Terrible thing. Terrible. It's family. Um, so Mr. Bruce Mitchell decided to uh, immediately report on this his passing as a damnation of AW not releasing the information to the fans claiming that it was COVID related because his wife said that it was a non COVID related death. <laughs> Just cause she said non COVID related doesn't mean that it wasn't related to something else and had COVID. It's like he was treating it like it's when people reported that their family members passed away from pneumonia, even though they had HIV. You know what I mean? So this guy goes on a fucking he Meltzer decides to like this guy's been like blasted from the internet like nobody fucking has been talking about this guy for months since this happened. So so um uh what's his name again? Brody Lee. Brody Lee passed away in November or December, correct? December. December. December, yes. Yes. So December he passes away. He does this thing. He gets destroyed on the internet even though he defends himself multiple times. Multiple people defend him. Dave Meltzer defends him. He disappears from the internet. Now, six months later, almost on the dot, he decides that, oh, it's been six months. I can come back. So he goes on Meltzer's show and tries to defend his decisions without actually apologizing to anyone. <laughs> While <laughs> blatantly lying about his lying decisions. Lying about everything. Lying about everything. There's, there's, you know, you can delete this shit. We still got fucking evidence. It's the internet. You put it on the internet. It's still evidence. Brandon, go ahead. Let's hear your thoughts on this. Yeah, I mean, the the guy completely lied about what he said, which I uh, I love that this like 
it's uh, every week we keep talking about Dave Meltzer or some of these old wrestling reporter fools doing something wrong. And uh, it's not that I love talking about it or something, but it's like a new chapter every week, a, a new type of type of mistake. This week we delved into the old guy that doesn't understand that once something gets posted on the Internet, it exists on the Internet forever. So he's going and directly going against what he's typed out and posted online in the article two separate times saying, um, I never said that it was COVID related or I didn't question AEW for not releasing it. I just was curious. And then you can pull up the article and it's like AEW made a big fucking mistake by not saying that it, it wasn't COVID related. Why do, why are they hiding this stuff? I'm misquoting that for effect, but it's the complete opposite of what he said. And Dave Meltzer, who is obviously getting bashed on the internet relentlessly by everybody with a fucking Twitter account that doesn't subscribe to his newsletter, decides that this is a good time for him to link arms with with this other old old dork that I never heard of until a couple of months ago, and and bond together and talk about how the internet is nothing but garbage. And you go on Twitter, oh, you're gonna. All you're going to get on Twitter is trolls that don't even know what they're talking about. They don't read the, the articles. And you can just post the article, and it's completely the opposite of what both of them are talking about. So, yeah, we got I think we hit a new low here, guys. This is a new level of patheticism where they're outright lying and then kind of gaslighting their fucking audience into thinking that that's not what happened. Chris, thoughts? Yeah, I don't have any. I think Brandon nailed it, hit the nail on the head. I really can't add anything to that. It's fucking these guys are fucking ridiculous, delusional. I I I, I hate I, I hate to say it. Like Meltzer can, you know, you can be friends with assholes in your life. You know what I mean? I, I've known plenty of assholes. Bruce Mitchell's a fucking asshole. So Dave Meltzer's friends with Bruce Mitchell. He doesn't have to bring him on his show to defend him. To have him defend himself and blatantly lie and make everyone look bad. You can just be friends with him and be like, nah, I don't think that's really a good idea. By the way, what are you and your wife doing this weekend? Let's go out for a drink. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, why did you bring him on your show? The funny thing is, is that, you know, as I'm reading this drama unfold, once again, Meltzer said what? The account are spectacular. If you just want to yes. watch Meltzer have meltdowns. Meltzer meltdown. He never personally melts down. He thinks he's right <laughs> all the time. But you can watch him so slowly but surely start to melt everything. The, the fucking uh, igloo that he lives in. The igloo made of papers that is his office slowly <laughs> melts around him. To be fair, his his the way he ages as a human being does kind of look like he's been slowly melting the whole time. He's, he's got these weird four giant forehead creases and, and things going on. He kind of has melts down as a human being, but he's a melted candle. That's what he looks like. <laughs> but yeah. And, and he does this thing that, I, that drives me nuts. And there's people in other industries that do this, that if you go online, there's whatever thing that it is that you are the, information owner of in your own head or you're the you disseminate from the source there's going to be some bottom 20 percent of people on the internet that are going to try to fight you with very poor arguments and you can then from that spot that tower punch down crush those people and mm -hmm. make yourself look very intelligent 
But then if you actually look into what's going on, there's another 80% of the people that are hammering him with real facts and information that he's just not addressing at all. Right. And this is just the echo chamber that is two guys that do that for a living going back and forth about how they're right. So yeah, like just from what you're saying, I'm trying to like get a picture of what I think is going on here. You have two guys who have been writing about wrestling for God knows how long. A majority of that time was spent in this uh, world where they were like the gatekeepers of information or so they set themselves up as those people. And they still think being out of touch that if we just talk to the people that we can defeat in an argument, then the rest of the stuff won't be seen. But the, the average person can see all of it. 20 years ago, it, he would only, he could only post like, say, I I don't know that he had one, but let's just say he had like, you know, a, a, a section of the newsletter where he answered people's questions or letters so he could control it and just have people that criticize him that he could beat down and then have people that agree with him and he could talk to them. But all the hate mail he would get, I can just throw that away. And if I don't put it in my newsletter, then nobody knows that it exists. The problem is now he's on fucking Twitter and everybody knows that it exists. So he's still trying to control this narrative that's completely uncontrollable. I am just, just to clarify your point. He does have the, um, the message board the wrestler observer newsletter message board where a oh, lot wow. of the, where a lot of this stuff like these arguments against him get built so he's had this thing for a long time and people have been paying members of people that object to him pay just to object to him you know what i mean they consider him to be one of the godfathers of of professional wrestling journalism, which he, I mean, as much as we can't stand it, he is. He is. He, he is. Because he he's is the only the, one that did it. Him and Apter. He is the number one. And Apter was more just telling you, like, what storylines were. Storyline-wise. Yeah. But it was like, so these people go on there, and they try to point it out, like, the things that he's doing wrong and everything. And like Brandon said, he only goes after... In Twitter and on this message board, he only goes after people he can completely prove wrong. Because there's always some dope that's going to say something stupid. So he goes after them, retweets them, comments on their thing. They get a big boner because Dave responded. But the people that he can actually have a... That actually have a, a grounded argument against him or Bruce Mitchell or any of these people, they never respond to. They never respond to them. Because they don't want to be proven wrong. Even though they prove themselves wrong on a regular basis. Did he, did Meltzer is so fucking, like, it's every week, dude. Brandon. You're muted. Any final thoughts? This is a culmination of someone, sorry, I was muted, uh, spending an entire lifetime opening up letters from Brandon in from Poopville, Pennsylvania, cutting out their... <laughs> Cutting out what they wrote. Is that close to where you grew up? <laughs> That's where I grew up. And uh, Elmer's gluing it down to this piece of paper and then photocopying it with his rebuttal and sending it out to everybody and being like, oh, I owned him again. I'm Dave Melter. I know what's going on. And this just doesn't exist anymore. So it's just 
Yeah, we you gotta keep talking about it, man. It's kind of it's somewhat entertaining. It's right? totally entertaining. It's more entertaining than Raw and SmackDown. Well, let me just say this too, because you were you were you were a little bit wrong. It's not uh, every week. It's multiple times, <laughs> multiple times a week that we get uh, <laughs> ammunition against this guy. And it's not like we're attacking him personally, even though he is a yeah. piece of shit and he got fucking divorced because his wife hates him. But um. <laughs> We're not attacking him personally, though. Did I say something wrong? You said everything right right there. But um, it's just that he's so out of touch and he has so much pull to this day where dumbass wrestlers are mentioning his fucking ratings. It's just so fucking stupid. It's outdated. And he is he is something of the past and he cannot evolve. One of the things about things of the past is that you have to evolve with the future. Well, she get left behind. Dave Meltzer needs to be left behind. This is the dark or side. Of the, excellent point. This is the dark side of the ring that the dark side of the ring can't do an episode on because they need him as a, a historical resource to to explain what happened in I the WCW. I, I, you know, he was a very good person, and he was just, and, and, and he said to Dave, and then Dave said to Dave, he refers to himself as a third fucking person, that fucking cunt. All right, let's move on. <laughs> Chris, did you have anything there? Sorry. <laughs> Stole my thunder by throwing yeah. out cunt. But yeah, other than that, I'm all right with that. Yeah. No, I got, I got nothing. Fuck this guy. Jerk off. All right, let's move on. AW. Ooh. Right? Am I wrong? Yeah, it happened. Oh, it was AW time. Let's talk about it. Go ahead. The goods. This is our new. This is our new. This um, is what we should do. This is. I, I want to keep it more positive. Let's go with the goods. And then we can just diss on the bads. But go ahead, let's yeah. go, start yeah, with no, the bads. No, I think it's good. I think it's good to distinguish the two, right? Instead of trying to do do something else, let's acknowledge what they did right, and then when it's wrong, it's wrong, and we'll we'll go from there, right? Instead of trying to pop back and forth. Right. Uh, Moxie versus Nagata, one of the high points. Uh, John Moxie's coming out the wild thing now. Fuck yeah, I, I wrote that I, down too. I like I like this. I like that. In, in lieu of shitty wrestling theme songs that get nobody excited, just pay for good songs. Yeah. The DM Punk, uh, you know, is famous for this. It's, it's awesome. Everybody knows Cold to Personality with him. It works. If if it if you have a bunch of shit that doesn't work, use something that works. If that's a wild thing, then that's what it is. And to me, it, it adds because it's kind of like a a like jovial, a little bit looser song. It adds a little bit more to his personality where. He was starting to come off as this goofy, uh, a little bit more on the. I'm imagining that uh, what is it, Leonardo da Vinci's uh, growth of man from ape, where Nick Gage is like almost on all in all fours. John Moxley's like one got got one arm off the ground. He was starting to come look like that. Like this gives him a little bit more dimension to his character. He's not just the guy that wants to do the the sh- death masters with the shitty fireworks and is mad. Chris. Uh, and I like the date. Yeah, sorry. Chris, Chris. Who else uses Wild Thing, do you know? Yeah. Uh, doesn't Onita use Fuck Wild yeah, Thing? Fuck yeah, he does. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was stoked. When did he start using Wild yeah. Thing? Was it this week? Or that was just... this week. Yeah, dude. That was the first time I heard it. This has to t- be. This has to be. I'm seeing a little. Uh, yeah, fruit I'm seeing market. a little bit of I'm seeing too. a little fruit market crossover here, baby. Yeah, I think that's going to be the main event. Onita versus John Moxley in the fruit market? In the fruit market. 
<laughs> wait, 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 wait. Are we being serious here? Because I'm, I'm being dead I'm serious. Very excited. You don't think John Moxley would be like, do whatever the fuck you can to get me over there to have a wrestling match against Onita? Of course he yeah, would. I do. But Tony Khan doesn't give a fuck. No, he probably watches Tony the videos. Tony Khan's like, and... you want a new song? I'll buy you a new song. Here, you can use Baltimore, and and you and you can use uh, who's Jumble the other? <laughs> yeah, well, that's Jumble Wamba. No, Baltimore is uh, uh, what's his name? Jungle Boy. Yeah. But you know, I mean, like, there's, and I think somebody else has a song that they pay for. Yeah, Orange Cassidy. Orange Cassidy. He's got, that's the, pixies. Right. He's got the pixies. But it's like, you know, so they're willing to do whatever it takes to make money without following this, like, set. These are our rules, you being Vince McMahon here. Uh, you know, about, like, but the other thing, the wild thing, like you said, it, it, it adds this lightheartedness to him. Because as much as he's, like, the crazy person and the deathmatch guy that they have, and he's going to do this running into exploding ropes and stuff like that, he's also very, he's goofy as fuck. Yes, he always has been, right? Like he's a silly ass, you know. I mean, yeah, don't forget. I think slimed. sometimes that doesn't come off, and it's like, I don't know, I don't get it. Like he, AEW seems to pin people into these one-dimensional identities, right? Yeah. Where it's like you're the mad guy. Yeah, and like if you remember when he was basically being the same, he was the same character as Dean Ambrose, but he did things like called Daniel Bryan a turd and. <laughs> Stole fucking what's his name's money in a bank briefcase, put slime in it, and goofy shit that he would do. A hot dog, he was spraying him with mustard, I think, at one point. So it does like it gets you back to that like, yeah, this guy's like the crazy person, tough guy, but he's also a complete fucking jackass. I'm excited about it. I thought this match was amazing for like a TV match. This is great. Love, and I'll tell you what, I, I really enjoyed seeing Eugene Nagato on U.S. television. Yeah, it was fun. That, Pretty fucking awesome because he doesn't have many years left in him. I don't think. No, his, no, he's he's definitely in that in, in that like grandpa mode of New Japan Pro Wrestling. If you're unfamiliar with uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling, there's like a grandpa mode where you open the shows, you wrestle with the young boys, the young lions. Yeah, you team up with uh, Tenzan and and, yeah, <laughs> and Ten... all those guys, right? You after Wrestle Kingdom, the Monday after Wrestle Kingdom, you're in the six man match with that opens the show. Yeah. <laughs> you're you're basically a trainer. That's what you are. You're the yeah. trainer, but you still come on the show because people want to go see you. Yeah. I did like seeing Ren Narita on US TV too. Did you guys see Ren Narita out there? Yeah. With his with his sweet Air Force Ones. Yes, I did. He looked way cool, cooler dude. in Air Force Ones than the uh, Young Bucks. That's for sure. They did miss. Uh, we're going to talk about um, production botches. They did miss Nagata's eye roll spot when he was doing the arm, when he was doing the uh, the uh, arm bar. Also, we yeah, have, what, what is it? Chris, when he did, Nagata does this arm bar where he rolls over onto, he sits on top of you and he pulls his arm between your legs, uh, pulls your arm between his legs, and he does this thing where he like screams and then he rolls his eyes back like he's in ecstasy, causing you pain. They missed it. They only caught the end of it. So that doesn't gonna, surprise me at all. Yeah, we're gonna talk, we're gonna talk about. Oh, we're production. gonna give it some gaffs. Yeah, we got we got a little reveal, which we're not gonna reveal until we get to the gaff. But uh, Brandon, go ahead. We haven't talked about this. I got a, a couple bloopers written down, but um, I don't know if they're the same ones that you guys have. But this match was fun, hard hitting. Uh, Nagato hit him so hard, Moxie was bleeding from his cheekbone, mm -hmm. which you know is like a real like I just rocked you in the face. <laughs> Yeah, I, wonder, I, I, was, um, I was watching that. And I'm wondering, like, did he catch like a fingernail or something? I don't know how like it had that specific cut right by his 
eye that was bleeding. It was looked like a scratch. The optimist in me hopes that that was just Nagata coming out and blasting him right across the cheekbone. <laughs> but, uh, little doubt who was going to win. Finish kind of came out of nowhere. This was fun, though. I, one thought I had after this and, and after the Kenta thing, do you think Kenny Omega feels stupid at, at when some of these things happen and he's the guy that came from New Japan and he's doing the one of the worst stories that you'll ever see? what's going on with his uh, AEW title run and Moxie's having the matches with these New Japan legends. Give me my sunglasses. Give me my sunglasses. Give me my sunglasses. Why don't you give me my sunglasses? My sunglasses. Um, That's a little preview of... Little, yeah. Um, I don't know. I think that we're going to... If this stays in this... It seems like AEW... I mean, this is my opinion, of course. It seems like AEW is going to stick with the, the um, grandpas coming over. We might get Tanahashi. I don't think we're getting any bigger guys than that to come over to AEW. But I could see if anyone is going to come over from from New Japan. Real quick, let me make my point. If anyone's going to come over from New Japan and is going to wrestle Kenny Omega, it's going to be Ibushi. That's it. But I think New Japan would want that in Tokyo Dome. Go ahead, Chris. So, first of all, well, this is the only thing I have to say. I, I can never have you ever say that anyone in wrestling history, past or wrestling present or wrestling future will ever be bigger than Tanahashi. Where, where he's reaching grandpa mode. No, no he is the greatest athlete in the last 100 years, and I'll be damned if I have anybody shit on Tanahashi. Chris, did you know that 2022 is 101 years? Oh, no. Oh, God, <laughs> no. No. Go ahead, Brandon. Now you got me excited thinking about the high-flying star of the universe making his way all the way to Daly's. But... Oh, Ace of the Universe. He's going to jump off the top rope in Daly's and just keep going into the fucking stratosphere. <laughs> and that'll be the end. He'll retire. And then he'll come by once every 14 years. Yes. By the way, it's a comic. Good. Like hell, well, it's a comic. Per- personal anecdote here that I always think about that cracked me up. Um, New Japan came to a local venue in Philadelphia. Oh, that's great. You've probably heard us talk about. And Jimmy, God bless him, hooked me up with awesome seats right in the corner. The It was the back row, but it was the front row if you're watching the people come out from behind the tapestry. And so I got a, t- a ton of awesome footage of all these guys coming out. Had so much fun hollering. And they were – Jimmy and Chris kind of stand, stood off to the side. And then as the show ended, Tanahashi was the last match – as it ended, I kind of stepped away, and particularly Chris quickly inserted himself into that spot with one thought in his mind. He has his uh, Tanahashi rally towel, and it's my he, is, demo. It's a, he, yes. he is going to get sweat on that thing directly from Tanahashi's pecs. And he, and you set it up so that Rose threw it to him. He mops his face, mops his, his beautiful pecs. Gives it right back to you, and I've, I've never seen you happier. You were like, it, well, it Chris, happens. Chris, what's Chris? What's the uh, the ice icing on the cake of this story? Oh, you're gonna get me. I don't know. Tell me what the icing in the cake is. Uh, it's your Christmas top. It's your Christmas tree top. Oh yeah, yeah, Jesus yeah. Christ. I thought there was something more than that. I don't know. I'm just leaving so you. Let me, to... <laughs> yeah, let me, let me, let me, let me, let me. Yes. So let me correct you just a little bit. The the one that really wanted it was Rose. 
Mm-hmm. It was my wife. She was the one that really wanted it. She's also the one that begged him to touch his hair. She's not even a fan of like wrestling. That's when you but saw. That's when you saw the them in at Coney Island, correct? Yeah, in Coney Island. She 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 had, and I still claim that all the luck and success that we've had as a couple and everything that we have is due to the fact that she touched Tanahashi's hair. He is one in one hundred years. Back to back Ooh. to what you were saying. I use that every year as my, the star of my Christmas tree. Yes. I tied the towel to the top. It's amazing. <laughs> There you go. That's that's the uh, Christmas star. That is the blessing that was has been given it to us by our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ at his birth. It was amazing. But as the as the uh, young boy, I got to enjoy the seats for most of the evening, and then at the end of the show, Chris had to swoop in and make sure he he collects his fair. <laughs> Get out of my way. I needed my time at DNA. I needed my time at DNA. All I need is a healthy ovum, and I can grow my own Tanahashi now. Yes, that's excellent. It was amazing. So continue. The other thing I enjoyed in this show, Miro defeats Darby Allin. I thought this was a badass match. Um, I probably had mentioned, I don't know if it was a week ago, two weeks ago, I'm getting tired of that these shows don't change the titles. Just change the fucking titles. That's the fun of, of what these things are for. They did it. Darby Allen had had similar matches again and again, but they didn't go too far. Maybe it was one one week or two two matches past my liking, but they did it. He has a badass match. The physicality was just off the charts. Uh, I thought they came out. They both looked good. It wasn't embarrassing, and Miro ends up kind of just suffocating him after uh, Darby tried to rally with a fist bump from Sting for some extra energy. Um, I, don't, I don't think that Darby Allen looks bad from this at all. He's still so much fun, and if they wanted to move him right into the world title picture, they could. If they want to give him some rest because he's beat, been beating the hell out of himself, they can. This is what you should be doing. He can have a great match. Um, he's special for what the show is. A+. Plus, and I'm excited to watch Miro smash some people. I definitely think that this was the match of the week of all the matches that were on television. I love this match. You're on mute. I um. I found that um, Darby Allen got a little stale, even though he, because he's, and you said it because he's been doing kind of the same match over and over again, but Miro being, and him coming from behind and having this, having to sell this injury that he's like, because he got thrown down a flight of steps last week, yeah. of concrete oh, steps last he week. Was legit. That was and, terrible. And uh, Miro looked fucking great on this match. He looked like a monster heel. There is a difference between WWE Miro and this Miro and... Let's erase that whole fucking I'm the best man wedding storyline. He looks, just the look on his face has a look of intensity and insanity, especially after he won the title. And and Lance Archer comes out and he challenges for the title right away. He's just like yelling at him and Jake the Snake looked like Jake the Snake. It was hilarious. But Miro's face, his eyes were really wide. He's like, come on, who cares? Let's go. This was great. I love this fucking main event. We usually shit on AEW, and I think this is a pretty good episode, except for some stuff, which we will talk about. But this main event was very fucking good. Chris, go ahead. Yeah, um, like you said, I, I agree with you. They, they, it was good. They changed this title, especially, you know, it's a title that is meant to be defended every week on television. So you would see it's, I mean, you got to realize they're what, four favorites a year? Mm. So you're getting weeks and weeks and weeks. Of just cha- Yeah, I mean, that's great. It gives you something to watch. But Miro reminds me of it's what he looked like when he first got to WWE. And he was just killing everybody. 
and then they threw him into a program with Cena, which was, you know, a great program, but you knew who was going to win yeah, on the that pay, one. the payoff sucked, yes. The, the payoff wasn't good. You knew what was going to happen. They just fed him to John Cena. But, um, yeah, I, I look, I mean, he's been looking progressively better. Even when he was in WWE, he was just looking physically ridiculous. Now he's just, it's yeah, it, it's good that he's... He's another one of these like legitimate stars that's on that show. Yeah. And who can relate to um to to to, to the average fan in the United States. Right. Cuz I still think that like you look at a guy like Kenny Omega if you didn't watch him in Japan and you're just tuning into that show, he's kind of weird. You know, yeah, his promos are his yeah. promos. Yeah, and he does things like, Kinda. why is he? Yeah. He's, well, I mean, like, look, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, he per- does it on purpose. It's part of his gimmick. But if I never saw him before, I'd be like, why is that guy running like that? Chris. Get my glasses. Get my sunglasses. My glasses. Get my sunglasses. <laughs> my, my sunglasses. My glasses. My sunglasses. Random Japanese guy wearing headset. Can I, for no reason, in a lanyard. Can I have a sunglasses on? My sunglasses, my glasses, glasses. Very good main event. Awesome. All right, what's next, Brandon? Yeah, there's lots to talk about in AEW. This is the end of my good, but just to, to as a summary on this, this is to me what this show is for. This is what was interesting about AEW. You have Eugene Nagata appear at the beginning. It starts off the show. The week before, they did show a promo saying that he's won the G1. He was the IWGP heavyweight champion. He's a legend. They get you. They show him getting almost carried around by the Japanese crowd. You don't have to see too much more than that to be like, oh, wow. I this is somebody. About, even if I don't know about this guy, I want to know more. And mm-hmm. he's coming to TNT next week. That'll be my first taste. Awesome. And Miro is so goddamn good, and he had so much stupid shit happen, to, especially towards the end of his career with WWE. It took one match away from this awful storyline that Jimmy referenced with the wedding thing for him to come right back to the top and be like, this guy's a stud. He looks awesome. I'm interested in watching him again. That's what this show is for. Yes. And I agree. Go ahead, Chris. Uh, more to your point. You know, one of the things that's great now about AEW is, is that when you see a guy like Yuji Nagata, oh, in two weeks we have Yuji Nagata. Okay. That means every week. You can get someone, mm-hmm. right? Every single week, you can get like some random dude from that's relatively popular that wrestles somewhere else. He could just show up for a week and then leave. They're not into this whole structuring this entire world that's insulated and self-involved. Yeah. And we'll grab guys. You want shit? You want uh, what's his name? You want Andrade? He's going to be in fucking AAA, right? You want Andrade? He could show up at any time. Anybody that's not under contract to WWE, I think at this point, can show up on AEW on a weekly basis. And I think it gives you a reason to tune in. Why? Because it's a fucking surprise. Yes. And get you know? and make people interested in in wrestling. Like, also, you give them that's the path to victory. I didn't like. I knew who knew Yuji Nagata was. Uh, I probably know 10% as much as you guys, but even seeing those promos made me want to watch him more. And maybe I'm not watching AEW more, but if I get more interested in wrestling, that's better for AEW. That is your, that is your path to, I don't want to say victory, but that's your path to success. Success. Here. Success. Yeah. 
Yeah, going down. You can't keep relying on your dork fan base. You have to. You gotta. You gotta. You gotta have a reason for them to come back all the time. We're gonna talk about what their their ratings are gonna people get fucked. App, like there's there's an appetite for wrestling. Just there is. Give people stuff that's compelling. That the, so they bookended this show very well, and for that I agree with Jimmy. This was a good episode, but the the if those are the the two slices of bread on the end, the the meat of this was fucking poop, straight diarrhea, dude. <laughs> Go ahead, dive in. Then, dude, dive into that poop sandwich. Of diarrhea. Yeah. Save yeah, the Cody yeah. promo. Let's do the Cody promo last. Go ahead. Okay. All right. All right. Cool. <laughs> I, I I can switch it around. So uh, not to intentionally go in chronological order here, but I think probably the thing that that immediately derailed some of my interest was this SEU Young Bucks match where, <laughs> dude, Christopher Daniels gets immediately fucked up like pretty badly, right? So bad. Eyebrow. Yeah, I couldn't like I couldn't on... pick out what happened to him. Was it the super kick? Was it when he went outside the ring? Like I don't. I, was it the turnbuckle? I couldn't figure out what the fuck cut him. He didn't cut himself. That was a I don't nasty know. No, cut. That was, yeah, that was, I, I think he hit the turnbuckle on his way out of the ring. Right. Because that, you don't get cut that bad from like just a shot. That is like gushing. That's a you got you hit like a piece of metal yeah, or something. Yeah, like photos afterwards, his face was like really swollen. His eye was completely bloodshot. So that looks like that doesn't look like an accidental punch. That looks like he cracked his head on something. So that's okay. Um, it's not okay. It's awful. It's, this is the last match of these people's career in theory, that, uh, according to the storyline. And within two minutes, one half of the tag team has had the worst injury we've seen on Dynamite in, in quite some time. Just pouring blood out of his head all over the place, all over the ring. Onto They, they zoom in on the, one of the Young Bucks shoes and just dripping blood onto it. Yeah. And then they mock. Um, I just, I dude, I really, really, really hate the Young Bucks. Oh I don't God. like them at and it has, all. And it really, honestly, and, and I agree with you. It has nothing to do with character work. It's just that it's they're the top of this company. They run this company. They can do nothing but mock WWE all the time. That's all they give a shit about is that WWE didn't want to sign them. Their whole life yeah. revolves around that WWE didn't want them. Because, you know, if WWE reached out to them right now and was like, here's a big contract, they'd be like, see you, AEW. I always wanted right this. Go ahead. Every, yo, everybody in professional wrestling fucking history has done that. And they're no different. And you know what would happen? Smart go, Mark. You're nothing but a smart Mark. Meanwhile, they all yeah. go run to AEW. They so all they go run, run the fucking Vince McMahon when he offers them money. And... You know, and what would happen to them if they went there? Nothing. They would yeah. do nothing. Cruiserweight Classic. Brandon, yep. finish your thought. Yeah, so they – what Jimmy's saying is in this match, uh, Christopher Daniels – I don't even know if he can see. There's blood pouring into his eyes. Uh, what was it, Matt Jackson? Yeah. Uh, is in the corner, and he mocks the Shawn Michaels, Ric Flair, I'm sorry, I love you – Switch in music, which they just fucking jacked as their super kick, and super kicks Christopher Daniels, but it's like sarcastically. I don't know you. I will. I don't know what their identity is as characters anymore. They just come off as cowards. Um, My biggest problem with with this is there's plenty of ways to tell a story without having to hijack WWE and be like, ha ha ha. Look, our fan base loves this. They're great. The people that give us like their money all the time for our stupid fucking T-shirts. Um, 
loves that we're mocking WWE again. Look at us mocking using WWE product. It's so fucking stupid. Use your own ideas. And I think that they've, they, like, they think the people that watch the show are more, like, insiders than they are. Hmm. I don't, you guys remember that immediately, probably, when you right. saw that. Yeah, of course. I had to refresh my memory and be like, that was, I saw a twit, tweeter, Twitter. <laughs> I saw Twitter with like, uh, and I'm like, what the fuck was that a reference to? I'm like, oh, it was that match from when I was 13 years old. Right. I didn't really even care that it was that big of a deal at the time. Like, yeah, it was nice, but it's like, I'm not thinking about that. People aren't thinking about that shit. It's like, just be your own show. Be a good show. People don't care. It's not like that everything has to be canon to WWE. And Worry about yourself. That's that. Yeah. That's the way Just to success. Stop worrying about Don't, the competition so what much. What everybody else is doing, and this all started with uh, um, the cease and desist, uh, which was oh, apparently which was bullshit. Was, was bullshit. Which apparently was bullshit. They made that up. Yep. With the T-shirts, the cease and desist was too yep. sweet. Uh, I I looked online. Uh, Christopher Daniels took a super kick from one of the Jacksons against the Steel Post. Oh, okay. So he caught the Steel Post then. Yeah, he split his eyeball wide open, um, and it's pretty bad. It's it's gnarls. You know, no, you didn't see it live. No, I did watch it live, yeah. but I didn't. We were saying I I just I just looked up if I saw it online whether or not they actually said exactly what happened, and that's yeah. what they're saying happened. Yeah. Which means, which also means the uh uh the I'm sorry, I love you thing probably was made up on the fly. Because. Yeah. He was bleeding like a stuck pig, and Ric Flair was bleeding like a stuck pig when that happened. He was bleeding like a stuck pig when that. Flair was. Daniels was. Yeah, he was. Was he during that? Was Flair? I don't remember. Maybe it wasn't. Who cares? I don't remember. Um, I think this is, and I also I think that this is uh, Daniels is transitioning to not being a uh, full time. Oh no! no, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because he's fantastic in the ring. I mean, the guy's always been a great wrestler, but you know, he's getting up there. Well, you get into a point where it's like he's some 51, guy. He's 51, dude. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. 50, I mean, but, but if you think about it, it's like some guys move set trends. They can transition it to other things or guys yeah. slow down and they just do different stuff. Christopher yeah. Daniels has been using the same move set his entire career and now he can't do it anymore. Yeah. And but then yeah. here's a back to your point where we were talking about before. You're talking about a guy who's widely considered in the business of being one of the best like uh workers and storytellers he's great at putting a match together everybody has really high praise for christopher daniels and at no point did he ever i mean he was in wwe briefly but at no point did he ever you know he did this all in tna and impact mm. you know what i mean and in ring uh, of honor Mich- michinoko bro michinoko he bro was too. Wasn't he, he ramen was, man he was curry man curry man that's it but he was curry man he was curry man in impact too, yes, he in was TNA. yeah uh, I think he like, got suspended, so he can't keep. All of a sudden, they were like, "Oh, we could sign a new wrestler, Curry Man." Curry Man. <laughs> but I mean, you know, so this is proof that you can build a very successful, very lucrative career and you can last a long time in the business, and you don't have to constantly worry about what WWE is saying or doing and mm-hmm. making fun of them. Mm-hmm. But like we said before, I mean, this, these aren't the most original guys in the world. They've been having the same match since the first time I ever saw them. It's yep. the exact same They're match. Over same there. character. Yep. Brandon, do you have any final thoughts on this uh, match? Because I do. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll say two things real, really briefly. Um, and this is supposed to be one, you know, one of with Cody Rhodes, Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, they're like they started AEW, right? This is the top tag team in AEW. They're ending someone's career. 
to this point, and what they immediately fuck up the match that hurt the guy beyond anything that was planned, and then the ma- the, the match ends. And we get the moment where SCU is like supposed to be hugging, and that's a perfect time in a show that is is weekly filled with relative garbage for them to just let that air out. I don't know, give it a thirty seconds, give it one minute, that'd be fine. It's a, give it two minutes. No, they just cut right to John Moxley, <laughs> yeah. Eddie Kingston, like trashing a locker room. Yeah, what the <laughs> they fuck? Cut was it that? off like way too early. In that my notes, like... in my notes, it says SCU breaks up. Let's go to a backstage segment. <laughs> Like, that should have been the lead into the commercial break. Or, or just, break. like, yeah, like, have them. Like, you have these guys having a moment in the ring. There's actual emotional content on the television show, which there very rarely is on that show. You actually have a moment of emotion and real-life drama. And while it's taking place, you're going, what? What's, what's that? Get, what? There's stuff going, going backstage. backstage. Get, a, get a cameraman back there. And fucking, uh, what's his name? John Moxley's buddy. What's his name? Eddie Kingston. Eddie Kingston. He's got a bandana on his head. <laughs> like, quick shot. It looked like he had a fucking diaper on his head. <laughs> there, I was just like, what the fuck is going on? This was, yeah. Like, give fucking SCU, like, a couple of minutes to just, like, bow out. Because he's Christopher Daniels' is done. Like fucking legend. Yeah, like. I mean, if we're if if we're to believe storyline transitions into real life, and Christopher Daniels is going to just become a trainer, writer, everything else like that's involved with being backstage in professional wrestling, give him a couple of minutes for Christ's sake. Oh my God! Can we can give I him just, a bow? Can I just ask another question? Yeah. What the fuck is going on with fucking Luke Gallows? At one oh, point yeah. in the match, he gets on that he's got a like a hat and earring that's the size of his head. He's got a tie-dye shirt on, and he's like, "Yeah, <laughs> screaming at the top." I don't know if he's supposed. To, I don't know if he's supposed no to be. Fucking reason. Is he supposed to be Macho Man? I don't know what he's doing. He says he's brother a bunch. This is what this is. It's. I'm sorry, we keep stepping on each other. No, no, that's in my opinion, this is this is what this is. Is this guy is was hanging around on impact he's sees a bigger paycheck he's he's got some a connection here and he's hanging around with a bunch of guys with shitty senses of humor they aren't funny and he's like this is the type of stuff that the young bucks and kenny omega would think is funny i'm gonna wear a, oh, a tie-dye just... tank top and a feather earring and a fedora and be painted bronze and be like this is comedy that, that's that's what he's doing. He's going. I'm gonna lean into these three wieners' <laughs> sense of humor. Because <laughs> fucking what's his name's there too? Who's that? Uh, Anderson. You always forget about him. Yeah, he but he's other... just like like coasting along, getting a paycheck. Yeah, which I it mean, seems well, like here's... he's been doing since he left New Japan. Yes. He's just like a dude. I'm a dude, and I'm here. Hey, how you doing? I'm here. I'm gonna make my money, and I'm gonna go home. Yep. I got a I got a hot the hot Asian wife. That's the whole thing. Hot Asian oh, wife. Yeah. The, All right, the uh, biggest problem – uh, let's move on. But the biggest problem with this show, and we'll get to the next two things, is going to be the life-or-death decision that Tony Khan's going to have to make is that this show is going to live or die based on his allegiance to this group of people that started it because they, they're going to drive this thing right into right into the, the ground. The next one I want to go into is the uh, Orange Cassidy getting actually concussed by Pac pretty quickly into this match, I'm pretty sure. Uh, I, I watched it. It, it uh, you could see they were stalling. 
I wish I could remember the ref's name. She's pretty good. Uh, it's um, Aubrey Edwards. Aubrey Edwards, thank you. Yeah, Aubrey Edwards and Pac are like going back and forth trying to give him time. Uh, he it clearly ended early. The match, did, like he, Orange Cassidy never recovered, and then Omega and Callis come out to attack Pop. Pac to kind of bail it out. I don't know if the plan was yeah, for Dan. What the player. fuck this was? This this is definitely the what the fuck was going on here. Just just cut away and just just go to commercial. Sorry, we have an injury in the ring. We have to go to commercial. That's all you have to do. We're adults watching the show. Why try to right. make it into a storyline? What are you going to break kayfabe? We don't believe any of this. We don't <laughs> yeah, think right. this is real. You fucking right. jackasses. It's a television show. If somebody gets injured during yeah, a television and you know, show. Yeah, Stop. you know you can you can have, uh, you know that's that that's a shame that Orange Cassidy uh was injured just like every other fucking sport that's out there when a yes. guy gets hurt he doesn't get to play in the Super Bowl, it sucks but you're hurt, right? I mean that's what fucking happens. Just the Orange amount. Cassidy gets hurt in the room and the match he wins. Very sorry, there's your title shot. Yeah, I, I, I just don't get, like, the whole match itself was just disjointed. It didn't, like, everything about it was just weird from, like, the middle point. So I don't know when Orange Cassidy actually got a concussion, but he definitely fucking got that shit knocked out of him when he got that friggin' Liger driver. I think that's what it was. He got landed, like, right on his neck. Yeah, but a lot of the match, he was, ro- like, I know it's his gimmick to roll around and go in slow motion, but some of it you were just like, why is he even doing this? This is really weird. Yeah. Like, what is this? They were like, maybe I, they were working it just to buy him time, thinking he would like yo. And here's the deal: when you get concussed, there is no buying time. No, you're fucked. You need there's to no, go oh, to I'll fuck get home. It back. No, you need to go home. Yes. We'll tell that to Sammy Guevara and, and Matt Hardy, right? right. They tried yeah. to drag it anyway. But the this, you know, this. So we got a triple threat. I actually think this is a good thing because I was not really looking forward to Orange Cassidy versus Kenny Omega to headline a, a pay per view. Pac mm. will at least make this more exciting than it was going to be. But another kind of bizarre thing that happened in the middle of this thing, they handled somewhat poorly. Do, you, do we want to talk about the the champagne, the, the bubbly cannon or now? Do we? All right, so let's uh, reveal this, Chris. Um, yeah. So I've been on a bit of a hiatus from my house. I've been running from general contractors on a regular basis. Not really running, but I have to work and to take a shower I need to go to someone else's house. So I've been going to Chris's house. So we watched this segment together. And both of us. <laughs> both of us watched this segment. So, Brandon, go ahead. Okay. Well, what are you guys setting me up for here? I don't know. <laughs> That's all right. I want, to see, I want to see where you go. And, and then I get to go Let's on another it. fucking diatribe about production and AW. One thing I liked about this, uh, they've noted that Santana ha- has been detained by police for using a fork during the Blood and Guts match, so he's not there. Nice I actually thought that I like was that. funny. Yeah. yeah. And I, I guess I'm starting to get to that age now, which you guys have, have probably experienced now, where they're recreating things that I've already seen, and it's not fresh at all. And I'm right. like, oh, this is weird because this is a worse version of something that happened. It's probably been going on for a long time. I just didn't have the context to realize that. And this is this is one of the blatant moments where I'm like, this is a janky as hell version of something that I enjoyed the first time. Um, and I love that. I, in my head, I imagine this this world where Shad Shahid Shad Khan that owns the Jaguars has 
given to his son like a budget for this <laughs> and then he just gets bullied like i imagine orange cassidy or john moxley coming in there and orange coming cassidy. into his <laughs> coming into his office and they're like i need a fucking i need fucking the pixie song dude it's $180,000. We need to license it. And he's like, okay. He's like, yeah. You're like, you got to get over, dude. I actually think that's a good idea. John Moxley slams him up against the wall, and he's like, well, if you're going to do that for him, it's Wild Thing. He's like, Wild Thing is going to add another dimension to my calendar. And he's blown like 90% of his budget for the episode off of licensing these, these couple songs. songs. <laughs> and then it's like Chris Jericho comes in after the fact. He's like reeks of vodka, and he's like – He's like, we need to recreate the beer truck segment. I'm going to be Stone Cold Steve Austin. He's like, well, we have a, a gator that's on the premises, and a, we can hitch a trailer to it, and we'll get a cardboard cutout that says a little bit of the bubbly on the side. And in theory, it looks like it could be interesting, but it just looks so pathetic. It looks <laughs> they come out, they're like hauling this like little uh, hot dog cart on a with a gator, and MJF, poor MJF, he's trying to do something here. This is like the biggest moment of his career every week. He's going – well, where's Chris Jericho at? And they keep cutting back to the Gator, and and I it was it was it it hit this fine line where um it didn't look intentional like AEW was trying to do it to be funny, but it kept happening and it just came off as bad product production. <laughs> where you see Chris Jericho yes! Like, head out of the yes popping his head between the gates of this hot dog cart, like making making sure it's like it's time yet. Like he can't hear MJF because the mic's not working in the arena and he's trying to make sure he's not supposed to have pop his head out yet. It's not the right time, but they keep getting it on fucking camera. <laughs> we were watching. So we we're watching Chris's house and we're watching on TV and you, Chris and I are blabbing the whole time, but we have it on in the background and we're kind of watching it. And I keep going like, what the fuck is Jericho doing in the scene? What the fuck? And Chris like, what? What do you mean? I'm like, back it up, back it up a couple minutes. So we watched the whole scene again in slow motion, and started laughing hysterically at it because it was so fucking bad. Yeah, My, he's peeking. Like... He's peeking. He keeps peeking. You know how you avoid this? Good production. Tilt the camera a little bit more up and move closer. Now you don't see Chris Jericho anymore. Instead, the camera's sh- sh- shot directly at. In this like panoramic shot where you can see everything involved, and Chris Jericho just keeps peeking out, like, is he there? Is he there? And then sometimes you don't see his whole face; you just see his stupid ass gray ponytail. And you're like, this is fucking terrible. This is another example of bad production. Yeah, it was, it was really bad. They once again did not try this out. <laughs> it's just, this is the boom mic. This is the boom mic showing up in a shot. This is the seeing the stunt guy in the background. This is just like it's just fucking bad production, man. This is the kind of shit that like go ahead, sorry. This is the kind of shit like that goes down in history on television shows. Like if you look closely, you could tell that Spock is supposed to be praying behind a rock, but he doesn't have any direction, so he's looking around. around, And then everybody makes fun of that when they see that episode. They're like, Oh my god, look at Spock, he doesn't know what to do right there. Yes. That's that's exactly what this is. This is terrible production that people, mm-hmm. once they get the AW library, will go back and be like, remember that time, and they'll they'll keep referencing it. It's terrible production. WWE doesn't really do this. No, it never does. No, you. That's why they have weird angles and weird shots, and why people come out in a weird way, and why they watch TV in a weird way. It's so you don't catch any of the shit in the background. I mean, look, like we talked about it before, WWE is so. Uh, they're such perfectionists with all that stuff that they actually have screens for Thunderdome 
behind the barricade so that when they show the aerial shot, there's never a gap. There's no gap. There's no gap. And it's for television fucking screens for people who aren't there. And, of course, I'm not comparing this to, like, AW and WWE. I'm not trying to compare the two. They're, they're not no. the same. But no, they're not. They're simple production values lessons, should all be good. Simple lessons that can be learned through tele- going to class in college about about watching about recording stuff that you should <laughs> that you should be able to do and i mean maybe it's because they're doing it live i don't fucking know it's just every week it's bad production every week it's some version of fucking jericho find it falling off into a pile of cardboard boxes that's that's basically what it is every week yeah, I get one. listen <laughs> i have i have to be honest with you guys i was so disgusted with the uh, ending of that i just thought it was over and i was like oh time to go to bed i had to go back after we did the podcast leak last week and watch him get thrown off because i didn't see it, oh. it that's why i stayed really quiet and just laughed because i didn't actually witness it happen i was like oh wait i missed something because i was like oh, okay that's over and i turned the tv off and went to bed so, so yeah i went back and watched it brandon thoughts no, that that's it. Uh, Chris Jericho has so much equity built up that for a moment I was like, is this just him trying to be silly? But the, the fact that it's every single week, you're just like, this is just poor performance. I, I'm imagining him walking around Daly's place, like trying to teach every goddamn person that they've employed how to do, do their job better. Oh, totally. Here's the thing, though. He's so, but he's so fucking yeah. drunk on Pinnacle well, Vodka. But, yeah. <laughs> so here's the thing, though. We don't. We don't know. I don't drink Pinnacle, dude. I don't drink Pinnacle no more. I used to love it. Now I just use Grey Goose. <laughs> yeah, it's Grey Goose. Um, also, though, like, you know, he's essentially an actor. Yeah. It's not his job to worry about that stuff. No. You know? And doing what he does or any actor on set, they're not going to be like, wait a minute, is camera three in the right spot? They have no idea. They have a job to do. Right. They do their job. You think uh, the Young Bucks are in charge of production? I don't know, but I wouldn't be surprised that if Jericho's maybe behind the scenes screaming and hollering about this stuff, too. It just makes him look like an idiot. It really does. Because <laughs> it's always his segments. And it'd, always. Be, it'd be different if it was like tongue-in-cheek, like, oh, look, Jericho's in a bad movie. This is funny. Jericho was in a better movie than AEW when he was in Sharknado fucking 3. <laughs> there was better production in that film. Real quick, before we get into Cody Rhodes... Excuse me. Um, so Thunder Rosa is the number two contender. She had a match. Uh, uh, Rip Baker had a promo. It was a pretty good promo. Sit down promo. With, was. You know, yeah, it was good. Yeah. Uh, but Thunder Rosa is now the number two, even though she hasn't lost, and she beat the number one. She's the number two contender. Once again, just solidifying that none of this matters. This rankings don't matter. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Thunder Rosa, I looked this up. She's on because she's been on NWA. She's got a match coming up this week with Camille Brickhouse, mm-hmm. and it's a. I know we're we're trying to move quickly here, but this is I think this is the first ever in wrestling history, the loser must stay in town match where if Camille beats her, Thunder Rosa has to stay on on this fight TV rent each episode show. So the her home her home fed is the lesser. They're acknowledging that as a show, that if she loses, she's got to keep showing up. 
If she so loses, that's how she got the number two. It makes no sense. Loser Maybe, must stay. <laughs> so if Camille wins, where does she go? I guess she just gets to fight Thunder Rosa again. That's a, that's what she's going Thunder for. Thunder Rosa she, wins. She gets to go to AEW. She, yeah, yeah, exactly. Maybe Camille, Camille wins. can go to AEW. I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. Got to stay. All right. That's what, this is the type of stuff that we're, we're content we're working with here. But anyway, we're the the. Uh... Let's do this. The the grand finale of AEW. Oh, hold on, go real ahead. quick. I did notice something. Did we talk about Thunder Rosa? Yeah, we just did. Sorry, That's what we were just talking. You were in well, the we know, do, do we know why she's number two? <laughs> yes, we just talked about that exactly. Okay. Hold on, hold on. Right. Did you hear us talking about it? No. No, was, no, no. I had to run upstairs. I had to get oh, more. Uh, Not a big deal. I was starting to. Not a big deal. I uh, um. Do you want to hear why? No, I know why. Go ahead. Why is she number wait, the number two rank? Because the match was unsanctioned, so it didn't count. Oh, see, we actually got an explanation. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's what. Oh, yeah, that's what. That's why I wanted to bring it up. I don't know if you guys caught that. No, no, they no. We were talking about we couldn't figure out why she was number two. Oh yeah, no. So because we've been talking about that for a few weeks during that match she had last night or uh, last week. Right. They said that. Uh, since she had already she beat Britt Baker, but the match was unsanctioned, so the win didn't count. So she's only had a cup. But see, that's the weird thing. That's the problem with this is that Britt Baker won a bunch of matches we haven't seen, and <laughs> Thunder Rosa's had a bunch of has had no matches we haven't seen. So we're right, but even <laughs> but even still, even if she didn't win, she was still the number one, if she was the number one contender before that. Oh, she never and beat. And she has uh, that match. She technically that match was never wrestled. Okay, so we that actually makes kind of sense. So Brandon. so it makes kind of sense. So and which is a novel uh, novel. Well, I my yeah, my, my no my argument, done. Chris, real quick. My you had stepped away. My argument was Thunder Rosa was number two, even though she beat the number one, but it doesn't count. The match doesn't count. So Britt Baker actually has more wins, whether we saw them or not, than Thunder Rosa does, and therefore is up for the title. Right. Yes. Okay, that yeah. actually does kind of make sense. Obviously. <laughs> yeah, obvs. Because, <laughs> yeah, you, you know, you're going to lay each other through ladders and tacks just as, uh, in a scrimmage. No, there's, no, there's they matters. don't like one another. No, there's matters. <laughs> Death okay. matches, bro. All right, let's move on. Death Ready? Match, Here we go. The, the Cody promo. Uh, we, we, I think that earlier in this episode we we said you know maybe wrestling is an art we could go there and if a, the promo is an art and I have my own taste I'm gonna go as far as to say that this is as bad of a promo as I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, this was a swing for the fences that that ended with the batter falling on his butt at a pitch in the dirt. Uh, we're familiar with with Chris recited some Scott Steiner math for us a mm-hmm. few weeks ago. Yes. We're going to go – we get a lesson in Cody Rhodes' U.S. history, which yes. was spotty at best last Wednesday. Um, first of all, my my major thought through the entirety of this thing is that I, given the circumstances that are happening in the, on planet Earth, I don't want to listen to a white dude with an American flag neck, neck tattoo yell at people about how great America is, which was the gist of the majority of this. Uh, he was impassioned, but – fucking all over the place it's like there's some usa versus uk thing going on but a gogo is going to have qt marshall and all these other american guys i guess backing him throughout this so i don't know what's going on with that and it's funny 
I just looked up a go-go on Twitter because I was curious, like, what what he's about. I mean, they don't do a very good job of explaining this guy's personality. And he's, like, just in the last week officiated his sister's... Oh, boy. You saw this. Les- ...lesbian wedding. And um, he's talking... He's, like, shouting out the COVID, like, nurses and stuff. And Cody Rhodes comes on there. Like, this is who this person is. And she, then Cody Rhodes comes on there. He's just, like, trashing him for collecting greenbacks and not expecting respecting the american flag it's like but that to do that first he has to come up as not racist so he starts crying about how he his brandy Rhodes has he's gonna have an interracial child and it's just like dude this is the most hodgepodge trying to go do way too much fell on your face promo i've seen in i don't, I don't know i would my adult life <laughs> <laughs> yeah he <laughs> so he he definitely goes and says he does this whole um I can't because he's he's dogging him for being like okay I'll go goes being like oh British blah 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 America blah 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 but in today's current environment a white man from the United States is saying that you aren't a true American <laughs> you have to be a true American. If you come to America and you make our money and you're a foreigner, it doesn't really matter. But I'm not really racist, though, because here's my black wife. That's pretty much what he does. Pretty much, dude. (laughs) (laughs) It was so tone deaf, man. It was just like embarrassing. Chris, thoughts? You nailed it. Tone deaf was him getting that American flag, flag tattoo on his neck. That was tone deaf. It's kind of funny. I, I I was on another podcast a while ago. I'm not racist. I have a black friend. Yeah, I was on a podcast a little while ago, and I, I had mentioned that. People were like, whoa, really? I was like, if you are getting an American flag tattooed on your neck at this point in time, <laughs> it screams white supremacist. I don't give a shit if you have a black wife. You, it, it really does. Black supremacist. You know, yeah, you know me. I'm the one that goes, well, listen. If that's what they're doing, I'm not one of them. I don't pay attention to what they're doing. I'm going to do my thing. And if it just so happens to match something they're doing, it's still my thing. And I don't have their intent. This, stay away from that. That doesn't work. No, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. The only thing that would be more racist would to do the thin blue line on his neck. (laughs) And this isn't, in my opinion, this isn't malicious it's not a, a political statement it's just a being oblivious yeah it's, he's just like i just gotta get this off my dad was the american dream i'm the american nightmare i'm getting my t-shirt company's logo on my neck because i'm on tv and i'm throwing an american flag across the whole thing because um i'm living the aew bubble yep well, we he's talk got, about he's... it with wrestlers don't exist in the same world that we exist in no. so <laughs> he has the um LeVar Ball logo on his neck, basically. <laughs> Big baller brand. Do we have yeah, anything this, else to talk about with AEW? Now. Like, we can move on. Yeah, let's move boy, on. Man, we... this guy fucking stinks big time. <laughs> stinks on ice, dude. Chris, it's time for NXT. Very good <laughs> yeah, show again. Very good show again. Yeah, it was a good show. And uh, let's talk about how good this show was. <sighs> yeah, um, <laughs> we've reached the um, the witching hour lost. for Chris. Yeah, yeah it's, the, it's definitely the witching hour. It's past ten thirty. Well, Twenty minutes. No, yeah. No, no, yeah, it's past ten thirty. I was gonna give myself to eleven. Nah. 
So, um, yeah, we'll hit some of the good points of this. Uh, there's a couple. There was a couple good segments in this show. Um, the uh, Austin Theory pretty much gets jobbed to carrying cross, um, which whatever that was. But just Gargano and uh, Theory's reaction to carrying Cross's entrance. <laughs> I don't know if you saw this. Yes. But they they do the carrying cross entrance, and then after the lights come back on, they show Gargano and Theory standing outside the ring. They're both got giant eyes or mouth. Mouth agape. Yes. Yeah. I gotta say, pretty... like, listen, I gotta say, carrying cross's entrance. I mean, I'm not a big fan of his wrestling, but his entrance has got to be like one of the best entrances in wrestling. Yeah, it definitely is. The only problem that I have with him right now is the fact that they now WWE him, so he's got like Spartan clothes on. Uh, he definitely does. Uh, he has <laughs> Utami uh, Hayashishita's uh, yeah, pants he does, on. I, I don't know why he's got like why he was fine. What are you doing? Why'd you have the WWE him up? Um, and look, you know, I was gonna say this a while back. I'll say it now. This dude's winning the Royal Rumble either next year or the year after. Right. Uh, he's right up Vince's alley. So this guy's gonna be. Uh, they're gonna put a. You know, they're gonna really get behind him once he comes up. Um. Another good match, but, you know, went exactly the way you thought it would be, was Raquel Gonzalez and Mercedes Martinez. Um, entertaining to watch, but, you know, I didn't think Mercedes Martinez, at no point did I think she was going to win. No. Um, and then you had the main event, which was uh, Kushida, Kushida yeah. versus Santos Escobar, and two out of three falls. Um, great match. Uh, my opinion, a little anticlimactic and a little short, and I don't have a problem with the time, but the negative of this show, where it's not actually a negative, but it took away from this, and it was way too long. But uh, this was a really good match. These are two really good wrestlers, and um, to see these two guys in the two out of three falls match was pretty cool on television. Yeah, it was. Wait, what took away from it? We're going well, we'll to get to it. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, it was a good match. Um, I, I like that the the um, falls made sense. They were quick, and the match ends. And Kushida wins. Babyface wins. Escobar, I would either he is going to go up, or he's going to keep going with this feud. I guess. Yeah, As he I goes really after Carrion Cross. Don't forget, there's that whole thing floating. Right, right. I really don't know. I think he should be in the main event title scene. He's he's good enough. Yeah. He can carry a mic and he can carry himself, and he's got like kind of a crew of slime balls with him. So, yeah. you know, great heel. He's uh, just one of the positives, I think, of this show. Bobby Fish is back. Yeah, you know, I didn't bring that up. Bobby Fish was back. It was shadowed by the fact that it was it, the match was good, but I didn't put it in my notes because we've seen Oni Lorkin and Kyle O'Reilly. No, the match was uh, trash. The match was, was just trash. Whatever. Yeah, it but, was not um, good. But yeah, Bobby Fish is back, and it looks like he's going to be back in a singles role, which yeah. I don't think I've ever seen that dude in a singles role. No, you've seen him in Ring of Honor in singles. Yeah, but they he were always they with were Adam red. Cole, I believe. No, it was I think that was uh, that was oh yeah he did that was when they reformed Future Shock, which is Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly. Yeah, and then they you know of course Adam Cole turned on Kyle O'Reilly because Adam if you watch Ring of Honor then you know Adam Cole always turns on Kyle O'Reilly. Right. So, Brandon, any thoughts? Well, I think one of my favorite parts of the show is going to be Chris's low light. So let's see what he has. Oh, here we go. Let's go. Go ahead, Chris. Um, I, I don't want to call this a low light, 
but I am going to call it something that definitely went on way too goddamn long, and that's the new faction, It Row. Okay, I like this new faction. Okay, I like this new faction too, uh, but I think that a couple things happened. Number one, you have Isaiah Scott, who I'm a big fan of. You have him in a faction with a guy, uh, uh, Top Dollar is the guy's name. We talked about him last week. He's the guy that runs around looking for WWE treasures. Okay, yeah. yeah. Okay, yes. I forgot about that. Yeah. I got to start watching that show. Yeah. it's You have Brianna Brandy. Who I don't know. I, I... Who I don't know either. And then you have Ashante V with two E's, Adonis. He definitely is not quite the Adonis, but I mean, whatever. No. You know, it's a um, gimmick. It's a gimmick. So here's the problem. The promo drags. It's Wait. a little long. Second of all, for me personally, Top Dollar started rapping. Uh, Top Dollar sounded like John Cena rapping. Thank yes, you Yes, he did. And um, I, I, I thought to myself, this whole faction now sucks. Because <laughs> we're going to have a guy that raps. I do like his faction. I think it, it has promise because it, Isaiah Swerve Scott has charisma and the woman whose name escapes me, I apologize. Yeah, she so looks she, really cool. Brianna Brandy. She yeah. looks great. She looks and great. Then you have, the other two dudes are a tag team. They're a tag the team. The other two dudes are an unsuccessful tag team. Yes, that's a, especially yeah. not, not Top Dollar. The other guy. Well, look. The other guy is, is just like, he kept... Like, I don't know what he was doing. His head motions were just like weird and like, I don't know. It just seemed like he didn't know what he was doing. <laughs> so, all right, let me, let me, let me say this. Years ago, I brought up to a friend of mine who's much younger than me. We were talking about the Usos mm-hmm. and it was when they were heels, but they were like, I'm talking about like, um, when they were going against, um, FTW, they are now the revival. Right. With that awful thing with the shaving each other in the shower where they just completely oh, that was just, terrible. Yeah, it was right. Terrible. But I didn't understand their behavior as baby faces, right. Usos. And he said, my buddy says to me, oh, he's a younger guy. He says, oh, they're pretty much battle rappers. So nowadays I start thinking like when guys behave in a way that doesn't make any sense to me or they do something, is this some pop culture thing that I don't get because I'm completely out of touch? Probably, Chris. And it probably is. That's usually the way I look at it. Let's, get, it let's get Brandon's opinion because he's a little bit more in touch than we are. Go ahead. Yeah, speaking of that, my highlight of the show, um, and at, maybe you being out of touch, the guy that brought up the GameStop thing. Right. If, <laughs> if uh, Edge has his, his Edge heads or um, – Miz has the Misfits test test had the testicles. Testicles. I'm a I'm a I'm a Grimesman. I'm a big fan of Cameron Grimes. All right, we're Cameron talking about Grimes. a we're talking about something totally different though. You're talking about the battle rap thing. Yeah. Well, no. we were t- no, we were talking. We were Shoot t- out for a minute there, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> we're talking, talking about, about Swerve's about, faction. I'm talking about Isaiah Scott's faction. Maybe I did. I, I was pretty sure this conversation left off with it ending on Chris doesn't get the bad the battle rap thing, then he's out of touch. But no, 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 no. Well, I don't so know. I don't let's know. just go back. To, let's just go back to what I was saying. So anyway, this kind of the reason why I'm mentioning this as part of a shitty part of the show is not that it was so bad, but back to the um, these guys were on TV with a promo that dragged out. Yeah. And it 
that Kushida Escobar match could have been 15 minutes longer. Right. You know, you're, you, I would much rather see 15 more minutes. I want these. I don't mind the faction. I think that there were some things that they, in my opinion, that didn't fly. Number one, top dollar started rapping. Yeah. I, you know, you have a giant guy and your hit row, which sounds a little bit like death row. And you have a giant guy, and there was a giant guy that ran death row yeah. named Shug Knight, and oh, he was it. horrifying. This guy could have been a massive, horrifying individual. But instead, he's saying, who hada, then top dollar? And the answer is, not nada, which is a double negative. So everyone is hotter <laughs> than top dollar, you morons. I, um, I... I like that he has a faction. I like that he has backup. Yep. But, uh, you know, I don't need to point it out. This is developmental, and a lot of times people get on TV that don't really know what the fuck they're doing. Yep. So they're, they're testing some shit out. You know I mean, it is yeah. a TV show, but they're not going against the AEW every week. So we're going to get ba- – I, I have a feeling we're going to get back into that OG WWE Network NXT where you get people on you, – you, oh, who's the guy that's with – um. Shit. Um, Bianca Belair's husband. Oh, yeah. He was around forever. Yeah. What, who, what's Ford? His, Montez Ford. Montez, not Montez Ford. Who's the other guy? Montez Ford and... Yeah, I, don't, I can't right. remember. Right. No one remembers his name. He's been yeah. in a million NXT fucking tag teams. Tag teams and singles matches. Yes. He was just like a dude that floated around. It, it feels right now that these two guys that are with um not not to say because they're black but because because they're dudes that seem lost that yeah. don't really have any any real direction right now or just, they're just in a faction as much as the uh, uh fucking the biker gang the biker gang with the same way just a bunch of dudes that we just don't know what to do with so we'll stick them in a faction and hopefully one of them gets over otherwise we'll let go of the rest of them well yeah that was the that was i mean the same guy that was in the biker faction was in the tag team with Alexa Bliss yes um and uh, buddy murphy buddy and murphy the other and guy and the other guy right the exactly, other guy the other and guy. look what we're talking about hey we don't remember his name yeah other same a thing. lot of other guys a lot of other guys, and and it's a way to get guys on TV. And if it doesn't work, you switch them out. Nobody even notices. Yeah. Brandon, let's move on to the um, to the million dollar man. Go ahead. Oh uh, yeah, well, no, yeah. Brandon wanted to talk about it. I was just going to leave it out, but apparently Ted DiBiase bought a shitty a house in a shitty Florida development for twenty million dollars last week. <laughs> it's like right on the fucking street. Just cars driving. Back. Also. Also, Cameron Grimes, Cameron Grimes shows up to the auction. He's already parked. He drove in. Like, if, if, if you were to think of this realistically, he, he drove in and did a U-turn just to face the auction so he could pop out and go, I'm here. Oh, God. So this is good. Brandon, go yeah, I got a big big kick out of this, and I was looking at Ted DiBiase, and I was like, he doesn't look too bad for his age. Let me just do a quick Google for him. What I, what I thought was funny about this, Google him. What I thought was funny about this is that Ted DiBiase has very recently had to auction off his own house. Yes, <laughs> yes, that's and yes. He, and he and he's buying a <laughs> he's buying a, a property right on the street in an auction that's happening in the driveway of the home for twelve million dollars over the, over the what was. It was a $20 million bid, oh, yeah, 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 upping yeah, yeah. an $8 million bid, yeah, just to let you know 20. that 
everything has its price if you're the million dollar man. <laughs> like, oh, this is pretty funny. This is classic WWE shit. The guy's in real life auction off his own house. I'm like, Ted, you want to come back? Do you're you know gonna why buy he's auctioning? At an auction. Do you know why he's auctioning off his house? No. You didn't look into it because one of his kids is uh, in trouble for fraud. <laughs> oh, I think, I, and I think it was the the wrestler. Yeah, Ted DiBiase Jr. Yeah, I think it was. He's in, he's in a little bit of trouble. Yeah. Uh, so, well, DiBiase, you think you got enough, you didn't get enough of DiBiase last week. Got DiBiase is going to be on WW. It's going to be on NXT this week. So we'll get some more Ted DiBiase. I I, I love all these segments. I think they're great. Uh, so do I. I, I hope really we get a match. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully Ted DiBiase will rusty in his his money ink suit. I hope so. Life imitates art. There we go. The, the million dollar man's junior committing fraud. Right. Yep. And I. Uh, Anything else? It for could be say? worse. He he could be uh, kicking a basketball away from a kid. Yeah. Um. We did talk about this earlier on, but I did want to mention again. I watched this on Hulu. So. But he's always in the main event or one of the bigger matches, and looks like Drake Wirtz was nowhere to be seen. Yeah. Fuck Drake so they may have had enough of them, or they may just be hiding them and telling them to shut up. He's just trying to save the children, Chris. <laughs> children. The children. Children. All right, real quick. We've been going for a long time. I want to apologize to you guys because I had contractors in my house and couldn't escape. Um, we have to come up with a decision. And Chris and I have discussed this while we were watching Jericho hiding in a uh, golf cart. We, none of us enjoy watching Raw or SmackDown, correct, Brandon? Couldn't be more correct, Jim. Okay. Would you be okay with just watching WWE pay-per-views going forward until we can figure out when the fuck the show is going to get good? Chris. I'm all for it. Everybody ca- covers WWE. Maybe we can be a little different. We'll cover the pay-per-view. Brandon, thoughts? Yeah, I, I think this is, is the smartest thing that we've ever done as, yes. a, as a group of three men. Honestly, it's it will make our workload <laughs> so much easier and much oh more enjoyable. God. Yeah, and you know, they remember we just talked about earlier, they tell you everything that happened leading up to that match anyway. So you're just missing four weeks of television. The storyline, if you think about it, the storyline in four weeks of WWE, the storyline moves forward about a week of a regular television series. Mm. Right. So we can sum up an ep- the, 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 they're like monthly episodes. We can sum up the, the, the feud or whatnot as we get there. And as this thing start heating up, if it starts to get better and it's yeah. not like we don't have access to it. Right. You it, know what I mean? If, if, if on Monday night, CM Punk shows up, we're going to be able to watch it. Right. And SummerSlam, you know, maybe we'll, we'll start watching a couple of episodes and, around that time uh yeah you know uh royal rumble obviously but i just think that it, it pains us to watch this show every week it's not fun i don't think anyone that is listening to this podcast the tens of people that are listening <laughs> to this podcast thousands give a shit about watching fucking wwe you can watch it on your own time like 
you know that it sucks. If you're listening to this podcast, you know Raw is legit one of the worst shows on television. It wouldn't be canceled. Or it would have been canceled if it wasn't for a long-term contract. Yep. Yeah, they 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 get paid by the hour. They're hourly employees, not by their performance. They have no incentive to do anything beyond the bare minimum of what they need to do to fulfill the, their agreement. If something interesting happens and then and someone has a spark of um, intuition, they want to try something, we'll check it out. But yeah. Um, we need to stop well, acting like that's not what's happening. And there's pl- there's plenty of like you know uh, Brandon and I are both on both on Twitter, so there's plenty of like we'll know if something happened that's worth watching. Unless Meltzer said it, because Meltzer doesn't like WWE at all. Maybe yes. he's right. Chris, go ahead. No, I'm with you. I'm, uh, this is this is a, a fantastic idea. You know, because part of the problem is is that like when I to stop watch... putting each other to bed. <laughs> When I watch AEW, I'm like, I'm tuned out of it because I'm like, first of all, I'm cramming it into before we do this podcast or like, uh, what was it? Um, even the, uh, the wrestling rewind this week, yeah. wrestling, we wind, we, 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 we wind. wrestling, we wind. It was very, very difficult for me to watch, uh, because I have watched so much wrestling in the last week. <laughs> <laughs> I could not understand. Who is that? Was Who is that that you're long. imitating, Chris? Tell the story. Who do you think? <laughs> so, all right, let's do this. Real quick before we go, Real before quick. we sign off, go ahead. So, growing up in Northeast Philadelphia, uh, underneath uh, of Route 63, which is known as Woodhaven Road, there there was a pretzel guy that sold pretzels on the corner because that's you but if you're not in if you don't live in the city of philadelphia you're outside of the city or you're somewhere else in the country and listen to this there was a period of time up until the mid 90s where dudes would just randomly stand on street corners selling soft pretzels we did it we too. did it as we kids. did it too i am um <laughs> still amazed to this day that i have not been Ran over by an automobile or kidnapped. Yeah, sexually molested. Really, uh, our fathers, really our fathers sold us into slavery for about twenty bucks. Really quick, I'm just going to explain this scenario, and then you can tell me if you were let your kids do it. You got up in the morning, you walked down to the corner, and some guy drove up. Nobody knew his last name. Joe Pretzel. His last name was Pretzel. Joe Pretzel. And Joe Pretzel would load a bunch of kids into his van and drop them off (laughs) in the corners of Northeast Philadelphia to stand on a corner in traffic with wads of ones in your pocket and sell pretzels to cars driving past. This could never (laughs) happen. So anyway, there was this one guy. Where did you, where'd you guys grow up in Bavaria? Was he, was he in Munich? <laughs> they weren't even. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I used to stand on the Matterhorn, wing pretzels at people. <laughs> so we're we're uh, there Pretzel was a guy guy's. who worked underneath the ninety or the sixty three overpass Woodhaven Road at Thornton Road. Let me cut. Let me cut you off real quick. Let me cut you off real quick. Was this Pringle that we speak about? No, this is no, this is the other guy because Pringle's another guy. Okay, we can save that story for another time. <laughs> we'll save that story for another time. So this guy, <laughs> my stepfather used to refer to him as Dirty because he oh, was dirty, dirty pretzel. pretzel. He's Dirty Pretzel guy. <laughs> but, but when we would sit in the car with my stepdad, he would drive past 
and he would see him. I'm going to lean back to do this so I don't blow your eardrums out. And every time he drove past him in the car, he'd whiz past him and he would go, Hey, dirty! <laughs> so, one night we're going somewhere, and my mother's actually in the car, and he's, and he, somebody cuts my stepfather off. He does something stupid on the this guy, my stepfather, pulls in next to the dirty pretzel guy, and he goes, hey, aren't you supposed to teach these guys how to drive? And the dirty pretzel guy comes up, he leans in the car, he goes, I, I have worked in New York, Chicago, and Philadelphia. I have seen <laughs> many crazy drivers. And my mother looks at him, and she goes, you had to fucking talk to him, didn't you? <laughs> True story. <laughs> True story. True story. There you go. Little insight into a uh, into a, our we got, lives. We got some German listeners, right? That's a that's a little insight into American pretzel culture. That's, yeah, that's... <laughs> German German listeners. Uh, send us mess. Send us stories about your interaction with pretzel sellers. Do they oh, match up with ours? Gosh. I'd love to hear. Let's compare some... pretzel stories. Oh, we haven't even talked about Pringle yet. We'll get to him Joe soon. Pretzel. Well, next time we next time Joe we get it, next time we next time we talk next time we talk about potato chips or staring at women's cleavage, we'll talk about Pringle. Yes. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna wedge that into one of these. I gotta ask you, Brandon, if you were born with the last name Pretzel, what other job would you do? What, do we think that Mr. Pretzel was actually born with the? <laughs> I hope. Like no, his Pretzel. actual last name was like Joe. Pedophile. <laughs> and he just was like, I'm changing it to pretzel. It'll hide my <laughs> true intentions. <laughs> All right, let's get out of here. So, so we're not going to watch Raw and, Smack, Raw and SmackDown next week. No. Excellent. Woo. Excellent. Feels like so we can wait. take this podcast from three hours and five minutes to three hours. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's get out of here. All right. Uh, thanks for joining us this week. Enjoy us here every week at Wrestling is Hard. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Hard Number Four Wrestling. Subscribe and follow. Tell your friends. And for Brandon and Chris, I am Jim. Wait a minute. Do we have a pay per view next week? No. No. Okay. No. Two weeks. We have no, Blood and, and Guts. Wait. Two weeks. No. Yeah. That. That. It's. It's not Blood it's and Guts. Casino. Uh, casino, casino reference number four. Yes. Is next week. Um. They're. They, real quick. Proving that they are such a niche, they're only giving it to people who are super wrestling fans or super in AOW. They're doing a pay per view this Sunday and Memorial Day fucking weekend. Yeah, who the fuck's gonna watch this? This doesn't make any sense. Well, they they're do not Labor Day as well. How the hell am I gonna watch this? I just realized. <laughs> Come on over, watch it in my house. Ugh. Yeah, I'm vaxxed. All right. We're all vaxxed. Yeah, we'll figure it out. That's all right. Let's use that Weber and then I can throw I it in the back of my car and take it home. I swear I'll pay for it. <laughs> and for Brandon and Chris, I am Jim, and we will be back here next week. Hey, Jody! <laughs> <laughs>